Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Oh, our intro is so cheesy. <laughs> it's 14 years old. I remember, or yeah, it is 14 years old. When I, uh, I remember when I recorded that, and I was thinking it was just, it sounded so cool. When I first got started doing this, I was like, oh. I keep saying I'm going to change it, but I never do. It's kind of like, you know, the welcome mat, I guess. I don't know. Welcome, everybody, to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. I am very excited to be here tonight. You know, this week has been like one of those... Uh, silly Willy Wonka meets Dr. Seuss type weeks for me. And it's just, <laughs> it's been really fun. A lot of face palming and, you know, it's just, it's one of the, I know you guys know what I'm talking about. You just, it's just one of those silly, <sighs> oh Lord weeks. <laughs> for example, okay, I'll, I'll tell you, this. I posted this as a status on my page, but, uh, you know, I know that not everybody clings to every single word I ever write. So I'll go ahead, I'll go ahead and share it. So I was looking for my slipper, right? I have this pair of slippers that I absolutely, absolutely love. They're my favorite slippers in the world. And I couldn't find it. I can only find one, my left slipper, right? So I'm looking all over for it and I can't find it. And I've got this new puppy, Ember, Lady Ember Spark, of, or Lady Ember Snow of House Spark is her name. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you lose a slipper. It's kind of like, you know, doggy 101, life with a dog 101. But I couldn't find it. And I was really upset. And so I was looking all over for it and I couldn't find it. And then about, I started cleaning house and I'm doing laundry and, and starting to take down my holiday tree and all the decorations and running around. And like six hours later, right, I realized <laughs> that I'm still running around wearing just one slipper. So the entire day, I ran around wearing one slipper. And I thought, you know, this is so, so dumb. So then I decided, okay, this is dumb. I'm going to find my slipper. So I started hunting for it again. But I couldn't find it. But I did find a flip-flop for the right foot. So I put it on. <laughs> so then I ran around the rest of the night with one slipper and one flip-flop, looking for my one other slipper and my other flip And I have not found them yet. Today... And this is absolutely no lie. <laughs> I am still running. I ditched the other flip-flop, but I'm still running around in one slipper. Because I swear to God, I'm going to wear this one slipper until I find the other. Because they are my favorite slippers. And I'm probably going to find it next spring out in the yard in a hole that the dog dug. And there's going to be my slipper. But until then, I am not letting go of this slipper because I only have one left. And it's it's a good slipper, you guys. I can't even tell you. <laughs> There's just been a lot of fun, silly things going on this week, and I'm really excited. You know, this is kind of like my end week for me. You know, I, I get it's, this is the, the night I get to sit down and relax and exhale and, and chill, and I get to do it with you guys, and that makes it absolutely amazing for me. So I want to do a couple of things before we get started here. I want to make sure that you have the number if you would like to call in. The number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in and read tonight. All righty. I want to let area code, let me look at the board again real quick. 
I want to let area code uh, 419 know that I, if you called in area code 419, I did see you on the board. At the beginning of the show, I write down everybody because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a paper and pen type of gal. I'm not really a backlit person, um, even though I do everything on social media here. Um, but but I, So I write down all the callers just in case there's hiccups because things happen. It's technology, right? So 419, you called in. Your call got dropped. If you call back in, you're, you, do not, you won't lose your pace in line because I've got you written down here. So if you do call back in, you're not going to have to wait through everybody to get back on again, just to let you know that. All right. So, yeah, 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in, read, and share with us tonight. Some announcements before we get started. We have some things to go through here pretty quickly. I want to let you know if you're interested in putting together a workshop with us. You can let me know what you'd like to do. Probably the easiest way to contact me would be on Facebook. If you're not on my contacts list, you can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A, if you would like to shoot me a message. Let me know what you'd like to put together. This doesn't have to be a, you don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to put one of these on. We all have something to teach and we all have something to learn. So if you'd like to do something, let me know. They can be anywhere. These uh, workshops can be anywhere from three hours to 30 minutes to three hours long, depending on how much time you need. We can do a combination of pre-recorded and live. Or if you want to pre-record it on your computer and just send me a, you know, edit it, whatever you want to do, put in some kazoo sounds, I don't know, <laughs> and send it to me in an MP3 file. We can upload it and play it that way as a pre-recorded show. We can do it completely live if you want to have audience participation or again once again uh, a combination of both it can be on anything you want if you want to walk us through an actual workshop step by step where by the end we produce a poem such as we did with the im workshop that i put on a little while ago we you can do that if you want to do something about talking about a poetry form you know where tonight we're going to be learning how to do a haiku or tonight we're going to learn how to do six different types of haiku there's so many different types of haikus did you guys know that you should check that out, seriously. Okay, anyway, you could talk about your favorite era of poetry or, you know, the influence of poetry on a generation or, you know, talk about a specific poet or your favorite poem or, or whatever it is you want to put together. Uh, basically, it's just a, a way for us to spend a little bit more intimate time together talking about what we all love a lot more than we're afforded to being able to spend time here on the show. So if you're interested in putting together one of those, let me know. I did contact Carlos, written in pain, just to kind of throw throw him under the bus here because <laughs> I'm really hoping he'll do this. I did contact him today and ask him because it kind of ties in with the writing exercises we've been doing every week but I asked him if maybe he would be interested in putting on a writer's workshop with me on storytelling on story writing because a lot of this you may not know that because you know him as a spoken word poet performance artist but he is an amazing storyteller and that those those things really help us in our writing and reaching out and doing different things. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to go into that in here in a little bit when I give you your exercise. But I just yeah, I just want to you know I, I reached out to him. I hope that he does that. Carlos, hint hint hint. <laughs> so yeah, let me know what you want to put together. We'll get that done next. I want to make sure that we thank our sponsors. Our 2019 broadcasting year has come to an end, and I want to thank those who helped. Uh, stepped up to the plate and helped us with our licensing fees for last year. And uh, we're coming on to a new year and we're going to be doing a uh, 
one of those fund me things, whatever it is, I think here next month, uh, because we'll be having our fees coming up again. If you would like, are interested in helping to sponsor the show, you can ship me a message and I'll let you know what that entails. But I want to make sure that we thank our sponsors from last year. And we just love you guys so much. You know, it just, it means a lot. And, and as I read through this, I've said this before, but I think it's really important for you guys to know this Four people on this list. You know, over the last few years, we've had a couple of people help sponsor the show. Last year was the first year I did one of those fund me things, right? And a lot of people stepped up to the plate. And I think what was really interesting for me and what hit me in the heart the most, because it made me so proud of you guys, is that four people on this list are not poets. They are not writers. They don't call into the show. They don't read their stuff. They are listeners, period. They just listen to the show, and the show means enough to them that they they stepped up to the plate and helped cover part of our licensing fees for 2019. And that tells me a lot about what this show means, you know, what you guys have built here, the community that you've built, what this means to everybody. And I just, I like sharing that because it makes me very proud of you all. You know, you guys have just been amazing. 14 years, and we're still here stronger than ever growing and touching people. All right, first, first sponsor, James Wensapian, Sean Gullickson, Rosin Prentice, John Kays, Paula Sweet, Gary and Noreen Snyder. We love you guys. Mangus Khan, he was a, actually I knew him. He was like probably on one of the first shows we ever did. Ronald P. Bremner, Terry Galloway, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Uma Pochapalli, Christy Doherty, Julia Vargas, and William W. Inks. So thank you guys all for helping keeping us helping to keep us on the year uh, show last year. Appreciate you guys. Love you so much, and uh, just can't thank you enough. All right, next thing. Every week at the beginning of the show, I give out homework and writing exercises and prompts and that type of thing. So if you're ever sitting there one night and you're wondering, oh, I don't know what to write, just pull up one of our shows in the archives and listen to the first 15 minutes and you'll get some things and you'll be off and running. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's there. If you, as I go through these tonight, if I, if you, if I get you mixed up or you get lost somewhere along the way, just go ahead, wait till the show ends and you can come back and listen to the beginning of the show again and write down whatever you missed. All right. So the first thing that we are going to do is your writing, uh, your journal assignment. And I wanted to share this quote by Robert Graves that I thought was really cool because I hear all the time people saying, I don't edit my work. I just write it down and it flows out and there it is. And, you know, that's all cool and awesome. <laughs> but I, I really want us this year to kind of think about and embrace. And we all, we, I, even if someone says that's what they do, I know we all go back and change a line or two somewhere, even if it spills out of our head perfect the first time. You know, and there are some lines that are just absolutely perfect the first time. But as a rule, it's it's really good to go back and edit your work, cut out some filler words, condense it down a little bit, change something to make sure that you are absolutely on point with what you're trying to convey to the reader. Editing is really important with what you do, you know, especially the filler words, the words that in your writing add nothing to the poem, but they take it away by diluting your message. So it's really, you know, it's it's fun to take one of your poems. In fact, that's an impromptu exercise for all of you. Take one of your poems you wrote, you've written. Make it an old one you wrote a long time ago because you're not as 
personally attached to it recently. Make it an old poem. And go in there and start scratching words out, all the words that are unnecessary, and see how you can condense it down, how you can take out some of those filler words and make the message stronger. Okay? So the quote by Robert Graves that I love, and I kind of want you to keep in mind as we go through some of these exercises, is there's no such thing as good writing, only good rewriting. I think that's kind of cool. I like that. So your journal assignment. First of all, everybody should have a journal, spiral notebook, something like that, pen and paper, not a keyboard, not a phone, nothing backlit. I want the scratch across paper and pen, the pen scratching across paper. Uh, It's really important on these. Journal assignments are not meant for popular consumption. They are for you only. They are just a place for you to write and explore your thoughts with yourself where you give yourself permission to just be your own voice. Nobody's supposed to see them but you. So being that this is the beginning of the year, and it really doesn't matter because every time, every every day is the beginning of a new year. You know, you can go 12 months from today. It doesn't mean just because you didn't do start doing this on January 1st does not mean you're excluded from making a year-long plan. So you start on February 1st. So you start on February 23rd. So you start on May 18th. It doesn't matter. You know, it's just making that goal for yourself, setting the starting, starting. The key is to just start. So for the your journal assignment for the year, what I would like you all to do is to write a haiku every single day. A haiku, five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables, three lines. So every day find something that is worth 17 syllables to write about. And a lot of them are going to be crap, and that's okay. They're going to be silly. They're going to be dumb. It doesn't matter. It just matters that you spit one out. All right? Seven, there's got to be something in your life every single day that's worth 17 syllables. So just throw a notebook somewhere and, you know, think about it and write it down, even if you just write a line down and then turn it into the haiku later. You know, this is, hey, you know, old lady by the bus stop reading a newspaper lost in the obituaries something like that, and then turn it into a haiku. You know, I don't, God, that was morbid. Ugh. <laughs> what is my mind right now? Anyway, so, but yeah, write down anything. And then, you know, you don't have to write it as a haiku as you write it. Just write down your thought, turn it into a haiku every day. The premise of this, the, the thought behind this is that by the end of the year, by the end of your, your 12-month cycle of writing a haiku every single day for a year, you're going to have 365 haiku. Out of all of those, you're probably going to pay, be able to pick out 60 of them that are pretty amazing. And you have just, in that one year, created your first haiku poetry book, which every poet in the world should have a haiku poetry. It's like, it's like every actor out there has to have their cameo shot on Saturday Night Live. Every poet has to have a, poet, uh, a haiku poetry book. And so in one year, if you write one every single day, you can have all of those to pick out. And by the end of the year, you're going to have a haiku poetry book ready to be published. Think about that. Baby steps. So the next thing is, that's your journal assignment for the year. Your journal assignment for the week. All right. We're doing what I'm calling on your mark set write. And the key to writing is just to write. Every single time you sit down, this is to teach you that every single time you sit down, you do not have to produce a poem. You are not a poem machine. You are not something that we, you know, put words into and out pops a poem and here you go and it is going to get posted on social media beep and then it is going to get likes beep and we are going to check it every okay no no you know the key to writing and writing well 
and writing consistently is to just write. And it doesn't matter what you write. So what I'm doing, your journal assignments, what I've been doing is giving you a line to start with. And then I want you at the top of the page to write down this line and then just keep going. And I want you to write for at least 10, mat 10 minutes. And it doesn't matter what you write, just write. Just write this down and continue going until you run out of steam. If you write for more than 10 minutes, awesome, but you need to write for at least 10 minutes. Okay, so the line I want you to start with is, you know, it was the one time out of all times I should not have held my tongue. So you write that at the top of the page. You know, it was the one time out of all times I should not have held my tongue and go. Keep writing for at least 10 minutes. All right, that's your free write starting line. You know, it was the first time out of all times that I should not have held my tongue. Now, this is not meant to be a poem. It's not meant to be anything. It's just start there and write until you're done. Just spit it all out. Okay. Now, you're writing exercise. You're writing exercise is different than your journal exercise or journal assignment. Journal assignment is just free thought writing. It's just getting your pen moving. It's getting you in contact with yourself, your muse, your inner voice. Writing exercise is meant to shake things up a little, push you out of your comfort zone, get you thinking about things in, in ways that you normally wouldn't think about them, or, you know, write about things you normally wouldn't write about. It's to push you to grow. It's out of, when we get out of our comfort zone that we grow. When we start expanding ourselves, that's when we can become more. So for the year, I gave you one. And, and I'm going to bring this up real quick just because I want to keep you on track with it. But I want you to be keeping track of your 12-step plan, your 12-step program for the year. And it's like I'm talking about writing the haiku. Write a haiku every single day. By the end of the year, you're going to have a haiku book. You're going to have 60 good haikus in there out of 365. You're going to be able to find some really good ones. All right. So I want you to kind of think about that. Have a goal for yourself, but make it a, an obtainable goal and figure out, actually write down on paper the, the, the 12 steps it's going to take you to get there. What can you do every single month? You know, what's, what's the step you need to take or two steps or three steps you want to take every single month that's going to help you reach your goal by the end of the year? You know, and if, and if you don't... You, you really need to afford yourself your humanity on there. The reason that people don't follow through with most of their goals is because they stumble and fall. And once they stumble and fall, they use it as an excuse or they use it as a crutch to fail. Well, I missed this month, so I guess I blew it for the year. I'll just start again next year. No. You get up, you brush off the dirt, and you keep going. If you stumble, you make it your strength to succeed because you got up and you kept going. So you didn't write a haiku yesterday. So you didn't write a haiku for the last week. It doesn't matter. Write one tomorrow. Write one tonight. The key is to keep going. Don't let a stumble be an excuse to fail. Make it your strength to keep going. So think about the goals that you've set your, you know, with your whole life. But I'm, we're talking about writing. I'm not going to mess with your whole life. I'm just here to help you with your writing. <laughs> but think about the things you want to accomplish with your writing. And then make those plans and stay with it. And, and allow yourself your humanity. You know, to mess up once in a while, but also make your humanity the reason that you're strong and you're going to succeed. Also, your uh, your exercise for the year isn't always writing. Sometimes it's doing. We have to have input in order to have output. We have to live in order to be able to write in a way that's connect going to connect with life. 
So once a month, I want you to take your out, and it can be anything. It can be on your lunch hour. It can be on the walk home. It can be in your backyard. I don't care. Once a month, I want you to do something out of the ordinary, something different, something new. Make a play date with yourself, all right? I want you to get out and, you know, skin your knees, get your hands dirty, do something. Do something to surprise yourself. Do something unexpected with yourself and experience some things. It's really important to do that. And you can take someone along if you want to, but I think it's really important sometimes to get comfortable with ourselves. I am my own best friend, and that is absolutely no lie. I love spending time with myself. I go out in the middle of the boonies all the time on fossil digs for weeks at a time and sit on a cliff face, perfectly content in my own little world, and I enjoy me. And I think it's really important for us all to do that, to spend that time by ourselves and to be comfortable in our own skin and and to do things. So, you know, there's a lot of things that this can do. This isn't just to help with writing. You know, it's to help with your overall outlook. And when that changes, when your outlook changes, when you become stronger, your writing will become stronger. But, you know, sometimes it's like, remember that Julia Roberts movie, uh, Runaway Bride, when the guy asked her, how do you like your eggs? And she goes, well, how do you like yours? And he said, poach. And she goes, well, I like poach too. And he said, no, how do you like your eggs? And she didn't know. She couldn't answer that question. She didn't know. So when they broke up, she sat there and she went to a restaurant and ordered every single kind of egg there was until she figured out what her favorite kind was. It's kind of that type of thing. You have to spend time with yourself in order to be in touch with yourself, in order to hear yourself. You know, sometimes you have to be silent to hear yourself speak the loudest. So it is important to spend those quiet times alone. All right, so go do something fun and unexpected. Next, your writing exercise for the week. <laughs> Back to the easy stuff, guys. All right, your writing exercise for the week. And once again, I hope you do this in your journal. But, you know, if you do it online, that's fine. The only one that I'm really important is, is that your journal exercises are done in your journal. So your writing exercise for the week, meant to help stretch your mind, think things you wouldn't do, do things you wouldn't do is we're going to be doing writing to a scenario. And we've done this the last couple of weeks, but it's a fantastic exercising on expanding your thoughts and exploring and idea exploration. Okay. So using the given scenario, you will be loosely um, in story or prose form doing what I called continuous thought writing, which is exploring a mental image direction. And this should be done without pressure, uh, pressure, and it should be fun, kind of dangerously exciting, just, okay, here I go. But you give these a little more thought than you would free writing. But don't, ever, don't overthink it once you start writing. So believe me, it'll get messy. It'll become a jumble, and that's perfect. That's the way you want it. Just write it, and it'll sort itself out later. You know, remember the infamous words of Robert Graves, there's no such thing as good writing, only good rewriting. So I'm going to give you a scenario. And I don't want you to write a poem. You need to realize that every single time you sit down to write, it does not need to be a poem. It can be just writing because the more you write, the more you're going to find within yourself that's going to inspire you to write more. And there's a workshop that I teach called Writer's Block is Just an Urban Legend. It doesn't exist. It's kind of like the boogeyman. It can't get you if you don't believe in it. But writing block does not exist. It's an urban legend because you might not be able to sit down and write a poem right now, but you can sit down and write something. I don't care if it's a damn grocery list. You can write something. So writer's block does not an ex- is a crutch. It's an excuse we give ourselves not to do something. And we let it swallow us like quicksand. But it doesn't exist. It's not real. 
And I'm hoping that some of these exercises and stuff help you do that, help you realize that, you know, that you, you put this horrible pressure on yourself. Again, I blame it on the social media, you know, society that we live in, because it isn't like, you know, you can sit and write a poem and once a month or, you know, once a year, once every couple of years, you know, this beautiful book comes out by, you know, Robert Browning and the poems that he's been working on for the last six years, you know, no. This is social media. It's fast-paced. It's a microwave generation. And if we don't get a poem posted every single month or every single day and look for the likes, then we're going to get forgot about. Nobody's going to remember us. And, oh, my God, my God, my God. All right? It doesn't have to be that way. That's not who you are. That's not how we're wired. Don't put that pressure on yourself. Every time you write, you do not have to write a poem. You have to explore writing. You have to explore your thoughts. You have to explore your brains. So with that in mind, once again, giving the scenario, just sit down and write in story form or prose form, whatever comes to mind with this. But before you start writing, I want you to think about this scenario, and I want you to think of all the ways you could twist it and what you can do with it and how many you know, different things it can be molded into. And I want you to write down those ideas. You know, Write down the scenario and then kind of write down all the different ideas or fun places and directions you could take it. And then pick one of them and write. And the cool thing about that is you may pick one and write this week, but a year from now you may be looking through your journal and see that and see the one of the ideas that you wrote down before and write about it. You know, write down all these beautiful seeds that come out of your head. Plant them somewhere. Don't let them get lost. Don't let them go away. So the scenario that I'm going to give you, is I want you to write about a character obsessed with one of the long dead greats in their profession. So somebody obsessed with one of the long dead greats in their profession. It could be a writer obsessed with Poe. It could be, um, you know, a chef, anything. It doesn't matter. But I want you to, you can write it any way you want you know, in first person, like monologue or in second, third person narrative. Um, you can make it up all to be just some fantastically ridiculous, fun thing, or you can make it about yourself and your own obsession. But for the fun of exploring it, if you do write it about yourself and your obsession with Poe, do it in a third person perspective. Somebody looking at, in, at you and your obsession, don't write it about, and I did this. Make it something watching you. You know, maybe it's your coffee cup watching you right at night by candlelight, you know, listening to music and, and channeling Poe. I don't know. But if you write it, if you use yourself as the subject, write it in a third-person perspective because I think that that's going to push you a little bit more and be a lot more fun. And be creative with it. You know, think a lot about your ideas. Like I said, jot them down and pick one and write. And uh, just have fun with it. You know, reduce the expectations. You can explore the more you explore, the more you become yourself, the more your voice gets developed. All right. So those are your prompts or your uh, exercises and your assignments. Now we're going to do your poetry prompts. Now the difference between your assignment and your exercise is with your prompt is a prompt is a seed planted and it's meant to grow into a poem. With that said, this can be, uh, this can be the title to your poem. It can be a line in your poem, or it can be the general concept of your poem. You don't even have to use this if it's just the concept, if we get the meaning of it from the prompt. So the prompt that I have, and I, when I wrote this down, it really got me excited. 
And I'm, this is one that I'm going to, you know, when I made this, it's like, okay, I'm going to have to write to this one because this one's very cool. <laughs> um, because it can just be so many different things. But the, your first poetry prompt for the night meant to turn into a poem is The Land of Lost Things. The Land of Lost Things. I, can, I mean, that can be a metaphor for so many different things. And remember, it's not as important what you write to a prompt, but what you do with it before you write it. Hold it. Examine it. Find all its prisms. Write down you know, all the facets. You know, everything that you can imagine it becoming. And then pick one again, as I say, and write to it. You know, I, it, it's, you have to take time to poke things with a stick to find the best way to approach them and write about them. Explore all the different ways you could write to that prompt. And then take, take the one that, that means the most to you. You know, I'll take a prompt and I'll write it at the beginning of my journal, the top of my journal page, and I'll write down all the ideas. And then I'll flip the page and I'll start writing to one of those ideas. But I can always go back and look at those ideas again, you know, and, and maybe find a jewel in there somewhere years later. <laughs> so anyway, that is, you know, I, I, there's so many I could think to this, and I want to share them, but I can't. I can't tell you because I don't want to to guide your thoughts or paint images for you. Um, but it does give me a thousand ideas. More on that later. This has actually given me an idea. Film at 11. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. Um, I, I think I'm going to do something with this idea. Let me highlight this here so I don't forget. But, yeah, I think we're going to – I think this is going to grow into something. So that's your prompt, the land of lost things. Now, the next prompt I'm going to give you is That's My Line, Borrowed pro- Poetry Prompt. And the last week of the month, I'm going to be doing the poetry prompt, the borrowed line, out of a book of poetry that I will be recommending for your reading pleasure. And I'm doing this because there's, there's some, some books that I really, really love. And I think that are essentials. You know, they're staples for every poet to have on their bookshelf. So the last week of the month, I'm going to give you one from a recommended reading. And this week we're going to be doing, and don't roll your eyes, some of you, okay, but this one we're going to be doing from the Love Poems of Rumi. And in my opinion, this is absolutely one of the top ten books every poet should own. Absolutely amazing book. And if you don't know who Rumi is, R-U-M-I, then you can Google him. You can find his books online. You can find them I'm a big fan of, I like carrying my books around with me. Actually, that book is one of the six books. That if I go somewhere, that book is one of the six that always gets thrown in my bag because I don't know what I'm going to feel like reading, so I always take a lot of books with me. Um, but, yeah, so the line comes from uh, one of the poems out of the Love Poems of Rumi. So check that book out this month. And uh, there's actually some really good, uh, if you want to, you can go onto YouTube and Google or uh, do a search, Google, go onto YouTube and search under Rumi. And there's some amazing, amazing spoken word pieces of his poetry. It's just incredible, the, the way he writes. I can't even tell you. Anyway, the line that we're choosing out of this book for this week's That's My Line Borrowed Poetry Prompt is, Knowing me does not mean dying. Knowing me does not mean dying. And I really love that line because of where it takes my thoughts, 
what that provokes in me, the, the images that that provokes in me. And it's going to be different from everybody. But that one really, that one really got me. Knowing me does not mean dying. So that is your borrowed line poetry prompt for the week. All right. That's it. We're done with that. That's, that's all of it. If so, remember, if you forgot any of that or you didn't get it written down or I just got you all jumbled and messed up, you can go back to the beginning of the show. Once the show's over, you can go back and listen to the show in the archives and go through this, listen to those all again and write these down and uh, be able to work with those. Okay. I have fun doing this. I hope you guys have fun. Uh, why, why am I feeling like Bob Ross right now? I really have fun doing these little poetry prompts for you. Put this happy little prompt here. Well, let's put that over there. Yeah, that. You know, oh, that's not a mistake. Everything's just a happy accident. And let's just put the pen over here and beat the devil out of it. <laughs> there you go, you guys. That's it. <laughs> so now we are going to play an audio track. We start and end every episode with an audio track by one of you guys. And if you are a spoken word artist or you have something of yours recorded, you can send those to me. You can email them to me, actually, to the other word that is in there, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Make sure you put MP3 audio files, something like that, in the subject line for me. We'll get that uploaded to the show's library and play it for the world. The piece that I'm going to start the show with tonight is Andrea Gibson. It is the truce. Here you go. I was little. My mother was a bank teller. I called her a fortune teller. She nicknamed me Panji, not Pangea. I was never in one piece. The first time I called someone ugly, my heart had an ice cream headache for three weeks. Tell that to my future. Say the moon doesn't care to be a bully when it's full. I was running for myself on empty. Not much made sense. Like the Russians didn't like us because they couldn't afford blue jeans. What I knew is that I wasn't killing spiders because I was scared of them. I was killing them because they were scared of me. You can have a cold war with yourself, even in the summertime. I watched the rocks get slapped by the sea. I knew the sea was made of the same stuff as tears. That meant if you were hurting, you could understand the sharks. Maybe carry them between your ears. Maybe hear the word love and start running from the teeth. I was running around with a panic in my chest. The teacher said, silence is golden. I wanted to say silence is bronze at best but I'd already time-capsuled my voice box, hoping someday I'd be either brave or scared enough to dig it out and open it all the way up. That's how I got here, in this old rocking chair, typing with my grandma's thimbles on my fingers. Every poem is something being sewn. Every poem is me asking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Years after, they told me I was already home. My love's feet were still not welcome on the welcome mat, but you never seen bridges that could arch like that. So we crossed the river to where the echo took us in. That's how I learned bouncing back is about being honest with the canyon. That's how I got the see-through skin, this glow-in-the-dark fear. This here's my shame on a silver plate. I know it's the one meal all of us share. I know how much time we spend sleeping beneath our beds because somebody told us that's where the monsters should hide. Y'all, everyone is going to pick a side on whether they're good or bad, whether you are kind or cruel. But what if the quickest route to loving ourselves is deciding it's all true, every bit of it. 
I was not a child the last time I threw a full tantrum fit in the grocery store. I was not poor the last time I stole someone's heart like it wasn't worth my change. I do not need air traffic control to tell me there have not been enough flights for me to lose all of my baggage, but I am learning to claim it at the same carousel where I am learning beating yourself up is never a fair fight. Only knocks the wind out of our chances to come clean through that canyon to be exactly who we are so we might become exactly who we want to be. So if our baggage is to run, we will one day learn to run like we sing, like someone took apart a cello to build our hamstrings. This is me running straight into your arms to tell you my skyscraper heart might still be afraid of heights. Your dark side might still be searching for its stars, but the acoustics are still amazing and our meteor showers, the light will never be out of your league. You were the first one picked for your own team. Our underdog hearts are winning this game even when we're doing it all wrong, even when we're falling apart. Sometimes it takes a storm for the whole sea to start doing the wave. I know it took a storm for the message in the bottle to finally reach my shore, to teach me how to write my entire life using only the shift key to mess up, to bounce back to let myself be the hinge that keeps opening the door to look you straight in the eye to tell you I didn't come here to write my heart out I came to write it in this piece by Andrea Gibson. You can find her on YouTube. She has a lot of her work up there. Absolutely amazing. Uh, one of our most amazing contemporary poets. I really, really connect with her her work on a, a very, um, very deep and personal level, I guess, the, the way that she writes her, the, the message. It just, I, I love her. I hope you check her out. Andrea Gibson. Andrea Gibson. Check her out on YouTube. And that was her piece called Truce. Once again, if you're interested in having your work played on the Speakeasy Cafe, send me the MP3 file to thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. We'll get those uploaded to the library and be able to play it. Looking forward to playing a piece at the end of the show. And if something happens tech-wise, we always get to a chance to play some during the middle of the show, which is nice. So, But that's all said and done. Now the fun part for you guys. <laughs> now that you listen to me yammer, uh, we're going to get to our callers. So once again, if you're interested in calling in, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. If you're on hold, this is what you can expect. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 540 is our first uh, caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please, and this is very, very important. I cannot stress this is probably the most important thing I'm going to say the entire night. Please introduce yourself. It is really, really important that people know who's reading when you're when you are reading your work. There's a lot of people. I mean, you could be someone who's called in since our very first show, but there's someone listening tonight. Lot, probably lots of someone's listening tonight that have never heard the show before. And they have no idea who you are. So it's very important that you, that you say, introduce yourself when you come on. And you always want to have your name attached to your work. 
You know, basically right now you're publishing your work on the airwaves. Did you know that sound waves never go away, ever? It's just like they keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. They, just, they never go away. That's, that's, think about that. So what you're reading tonight is going to be turned into cosmic airwaves that are going to last forever. So make sure your name's on that. You never want to send your work out into the, the uh, universe <laughs> as attributed to anonymous. Okay, so yeah, introduce yourself. Very important. We are going to start out tonight doing, let me see here, one, two, three, six, seven, eight. So we're going to start out tonight where you can do two poems, but they have to be shorter poems, or you can do one normal length poem, because we've got quite a few callers online right now. Before we even get started, we've got three callers from area code 503. So I want to let area code 503779 know that you are not in the lineup. So if you want to come on and read, then press 1. That's 503779. You are not in the lineup. So if you want to read, press 1. That also goes for area code 407, 757, and 410. So 410, uh, if you want to come on and read, 757's there. We got... 410. We got 410. Okay, so 503, 407, and 757. If any of you guys want to come on and read, just press 1. If you're here just listening, thank you for being here. You can listen by calling into the show. You do not have to. And if you're on the go or in the car, you can listen on your, your uh, phone by calling in. And uh, if you're here just listening, I appreciate you guys. And if you change your mind at any time, 407 and 757, just let us know and uh, press one and you can come on at any time other than that other than that i'm going to let you be and have a good time listening all right so once again as i said first caller is 540 we'll get to you in just a moment when you can do one to two poems there that's that we're back <laughs> you can do one to two poems um you know one normal length poem or two short poems depending on what you have and then when you're done reading make sure that you give us your url it's real important that people are able to you know if they really connect with you and your poetry to be able to come find you and read more of your work and you know network with you creatively you know build those bonds we all need that so it's really important make sure that you let us know how to find you and then please remember we have a mature rating, so you can read just about anything you want on here with the exception of adult porn poems. No bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. We don't need the word nipple in there to know you're talking about a nipple. Be creative and think of a different way to describe it, except for cavern. Someone, someone wrote a poem one time describing a woman's cavern, and I don't think there's any scenario ever where a woman wants to hear it described as a cavern. So, yeah. Just had to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, so be be a, be a little esoteric in your writing, and you're good to go. Anything, you know, a mature rating, just no no adult porn poems. You know what I'm talking about. I'm gonna just slide myself right out of here gracefully. I'm gonna give the first three callers so you know that you are coming up fairly quickly, and uh, then you guys can save me from myself. Once again, five four zero is our first caller tonight. Then we have area code, and I said we have three five zero threes. So we have 503-837. So 503-837. You are our first caller, second caller tonight. Then we have area code 718. 718, you'll be coming on after 503-837. Okay. Let's go ahead. Let's just, let's, just get, let's just do this, guys. Area code 540, come save me. I'm here. 
<laughs> hey, sweetheart. How are you? Hey. Oh, I'm uh, fair to Midland. How about yourself? I am absolutely wonderful. I've been having a really fun week. It's it's been it's been oh. a good time. Oh, good, good. Uh, oh, yeah. This is Phil Church, by the way, down in down in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. <laughs> Indeed, it is the Appalachians. Appalachian, yep, not Appalachian, but Appalachian. <laughs> I know you taught me to say that correctly. My life is forever changed because of you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hoping lots of folks can say it for the better. I hope you know about about me when it's all said and done. But um, you know, you have yeah. the most beautiful and amazing fingerprints. You know, my wish would be is that when it's all said and done, you know, and, and you and I are sitting up there drinking a coffee at the pearly gates chatting with the gatekeeper because we're just too entertaining for him to actually let us in, um, uh-uh. having a good time, that, that you realize what amazing fingerprints you make, you, you are making in this world every single day, every time you share. You're just an incredible man, and I love you so much, and I'm so glad you're part of my family here and my friend. No, oh, that's so nice of you. And, you know, I've said it before, but uh, uh, I can't say it enough. I am so proud to be a part of the Speakeasy Cafe family, and it's it's just meant so much to me. And, uh, uh, you know, I've told you that I, I uh, record these and, and spend with my dad and all like that, and it's just it's meant a lot to my family. So it means a lot all the way around. So I... I very much appreciate the Speakeasy Cafe. <laughs> we appreciate you. Oh, bless your heart. Well, I've got two poems. Better get to it. Um, I'll give you a little background on the first one. Uh, back in the late 80s, uh, I moved up to Cincinnati, to the Cincinnati area. And I'd lived all my life down here in the mountains, and I, I think the biggest city I'd been to before Cincinnati was Roanoke, Virginia, you know, that type of thing. So here I am, you know, I'm in my uh, uh, late 20s, early 30s, and I got a job at a gas station. And I was working with this guy. He's a real nice fellow, but he kept calling me homeboy. And uh, down here, uh, especially back then, the worst thing in the world that you could call a man was boy. You know, you didn't, you just, you don't say boy <laughs> somebody mm-hmm. or fight so I finally got fed up with it cause I, you know and I and, and one day I wasn't in a particularly good mood and he said something homeboy I tried to say look man this ain't my home and I ain't no damn boy <laughs> and he said no no you don't understand homeboy means we're friends and I like you and uh, so that's how I learned that. So I was thinking about that when I wrote this little piece. And this is called, I Ain't Down With That. Well, I had to move, and it's a real pity. I grew up country, but bounced to the city. A city folk talk different, that there's a fact. So what is it I am when told I'm all that? Is it just joshing like some kind of trick when they call me a bra and say my ride is sick? 
it ain't always clear, like walking in a fog. Are they putting me down when they say, what's up, dog? Now, you say you'll hook me up because I look fat. But I got to let you know, I ain't down with that. I'm country proud where we live with joy, but this ain't my home, and I ain't no boy. Now, everybody's got slang. We all tell jokes. Yeah, different folks got different strokes. I love the hills and the homes on the range, and city slickers are great. But they sure talk strange. In poem. I love it. I love it so much. I love it so much. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> Phillips the Bomb. <laughs> well, you say, yeah, do I really look fat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I remember some so, one time when someone looked at me and said, "Man, girl, you got a lot of junk in your trunk." I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? What did you just say? Real what? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you just say you liked my butt? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But uh, all right, now I'm going to completely change gears, and uh, this is one I wrote a long time ago, and. Uh, uh, it's got kind of a strange rhyming scheme to it, so I'm not sure how it's going to sound, but uh, I'll go ahead and do it. This is called Love's Bad Rain. I think I'd seen you and turn away with terrible glare, losing all which I had loved was far too much to bear. Yes, I was hurt. I'd never endured that type of pain. Losing your love plunged onto my heart just like a bad rain. I gave my best, but you saw the worst, tumbling from above, falling onto passion's flames, extinguishing all your love. I guess I played the fool, a love spell casting I cannot explain. I really did not want to say goodbye, and I had to feign, while battering blows fell upon my heart like a bad rain. I was caught in your hit and run, and it tore my heart asunder. But you chose to break my heart and called down the thunder. It tore me up and then flooded my thoughts like a drowning rain. But I won't let your wounding of my soul cause my heart to refrain from another love, to fill me once more as you drown in your love's bad rain. End poem. <laughs> that was awesome. That was absolutely awesome. amazing, sweetheart. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, you can... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I, I always said, oh, that's fine, that's fine. I, I've always said that, you know, uh, a well-broken heart is uh, uh, sometimes a necessary uh, part of a poet's skill set. <laughs> You know, I, I say that all the time. Contentment, happiness and contentment can be, for most poets, a poison. Yes. You know, it's, it's some reason it's the, the, you know, the heartache. You know, I, I, I would break up with somebody, you know, and it was like everybody's devastated. And it's not me. It's like, yes, I love you. Yes, you can take the sweater. We'll be friends always. Yep, yep. Just get out so I can start writing, okay? You know, you're, you're messing with my writing time now. <laughs> Let me enjoy this misery. 
<laughs> it's like we almost we almost covet those those deep dark places because that's where we seem to write the best. And when when I get content yeah. and happy, it's like it's like, ugh. <laughs> so yeah. All right, my darling love. I'm working on your pen, by the way, just so you know. You did not send me your address. Hint, hint, you did not send me your address. Okay. I will will get to that. And uh, uh, y'all can, uh, of course, you know, look me up on Facebook, Philip Church. If you want to look at some of the books I've written, uh, poetry, and I've got uh, some spooky things that I wrote, too, uh, uh, just look me up on Amazon, Philip uh, with one L, Kent, K-E-N-T, Church. And uh, if you do a search on Amazon, you're sure to find me. So hopefully I will be back here next week. Very cool. All right, love. We love you dearly, and we will talk to you then. Thank you so much for starting out the show so amazingly. Uh, no problem. I love you and love all the rest of you, so we'll talk to you later. All right, hon. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, I'm actually working on a a Polish style raven feather pen for Philip. Um, and some of you may not know that I do custom. I, I love using ink and nib pens, dip pens, to write with. So if any of you are interested in checking any of those out, let me know. I can custom make those for you. All right. So uh, our next caller is area code five zero three five zero three. You are on the air. It's it's five zero three eight three seven. You are on the air. Hello. I can hear my echo, echo, echo. Five zero three eight three seven. Are you there? All right. We're going to go ahead and put them back on hold and try to get to them in a minute. Just uh, see if we can get them on. Don't want them to lose their pace, but. We want to keep things rolling. So 503-837, we'll come back and check with you in a minute. Let's go ahead and bring on area code 718. 718, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. How are you? It's Jim Hart. Hey, Jim. It's a pleasure to hear from you, love. Oh, it's a pleasure to be on with you. What's going on in your life? I'm doing a lot of uh, writing. Unfortunately, I've been writing... uh, the third novel and working on the fourth, so I haven't gotten to much poetry lately, but uh, I I will be getting back to it. That's okay. You're a writer. You're not just a poet. We are all writers. We are not just poets, so it's very cool. You're writing. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. I have two short poems tonight. Okay. Uh, The first one is Four Floor Walk-Up. What do we know of our neighbors, even close-quarter apartment house living? Do we know Mr. Davis in C9 has skin cancer? Mr. Meester, Artie, will die of a heart attack walking up the subway steps. Do we care that Sydney, apartment number unknown, but somewhere in the back of the building, maybe on the top floor, Loves the little neighborhood boys late at night on the summer roof. End of poem. Wow. 
You know, that, I connect with that on a really weird level. Um, I used to have a boyfriend who lived in an apartment building, and I used to go over there and it's like, you know, they really need to do some cleaning up around here because it just it just smelled nasty, right? And I went over there one day and found out that the person below him had died and he'd been in there for almost a month and no one knew. You know, and so for me, that was really, you know, you're reading that poem and it's like, you know, how well do we know our neighbors? How well do we even pay attention to them? You know, could your neighbor be gone and just nobody would know? You wouldn't know. And and that's sad to me. Your poem was very sad to me because I, you know, I think that everything that we needed to learn about being a good community, we learned on Little House on the Prairie. That's the way life should be. You know, when one person has a hardship, the community jumps in and makes sure we're okay. And we've lost that. Because we've just lost that sense of community. Yeah, I'm much older than you. And I I remember a time when every neighbor's parent was allowed to yell at you. Mm -hmm. And now they can't say a word. I mean, not even a nice word without some kind of repercussion. Oh, it was that way when I was little. Sherry's clap mom took a switch to me more than once. Well, no no one's parent took anything to make us. My father wasn't uh, of a, the kind of nature where anyone could hit one of his boys. But uh, other than that, they, they certainly in, enjoyed making the, the phone call and letting your parents know what you had <laughs> done. <laughs> yeah. Um, the second poem is uh, a little different. It's not today. Are you sure about the suicide, she said. Yeah, I said, hoping, I guess, for some sympathy. The window's over there, she said. It's open. We're high enough. It'll do the job. I stared. She had nothing further to say. She just put her glass to her lips and took a long slug, watching me and waiting. I got myself a glass. The whiskey wasn't the cheap stuff, and I saw no reason why she should have it all to herself. End of poem. (laughs) Hmm. I'm not going to go into why I like that one as well on a personal (laughs) level. Okay. But in, in a very sad, sad way. But, yeah. I like that one too. You know, there there comes a point where you just have to do that. Yeah. Very well. You you know, you are you are really one of my favorite contemporary poets from our community here. Um the way that you write I think is very cool. The directness of it. You know, I talk a lot about editing and taking out filler words. You don't write with a lot of filler words. You're very You're precise. Very and I, I I really connect with your writing because of that. I think you're pretty amazing. Oh, thank you. You're very that's, welcome. That's very kind. Very welcome, my dear. Do me a favor and tell everyone how they can come find you. Okay, I'm on Facebook, Jim Hart. Uh, I am also at uh, jimhartpoet.com. And I have two novels and two poetry collections on Amazon, which I guess if you type in Jim Hart, I I hope at least one of them would come up. So uh, I'm I'm 
pretty sure you can find me that way, and, and I uh, am always, as always, I'm thankful to you for allowing me some time. I oh, appreciate you so much, sweetheart, and thank you for coming and sharing with us. Thank you. Have a good evening. You too, sweetheart. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I want to give a shout-out to Gina Storm. Um, she was on hold, but she has another show she's actually hosting tonight, so we weren't able to get her on. But I want to let her know that we love her, and, and we will be sharing the link to the show she's doing so that people can come over and check it out when we're done here. All right. I'm going to go ahead and give our next three callers. I'm going to go ahead and try 503-837 again. Then we have 573 and then 219. So let's go ahead and see if we can get 503-837 on. 503, are you there? 503-837. Are you with me? Okay. We're going to put them back on hold again. And we'll just keep checking back. All right. Let's go ahead and grab area code 573. 573, you are on the air. Good evening, Nyla. Hey, Sin, how you doing, love? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. It is what it is, you know. I'm here it's tonight. Really I got a couple to pieces for you. you. Can you hear me? Okay. Can mm-hmm. you hear me all right? We can. All right, good. Let's get right into it. Death foretelling from old ghosts. Escaping to the now, becoming present, it will glide through an easier inertia. Thrash a lifetime of lunacy feeding so. Sometimes a dirty mirror can introduce fate. Pathetic vibrations that mire progression, invoking plasma into corrosive advancement, streamlining the coactus of my raunchy complacence. Fuck, even Time Star Switch got one up on class. Intolerable, my epicenter regurgitates deja vus. Inescapable core of displacement covers longitudes. Weakened seams of blown out expressways, vacancies. Portal not snowed in yet, broadcasting strange haze. Failing under such regressions, my pride is not intact. Streamlining natural for prophetic heresy under barren tracks. Geared towards skid row placement from reinstating shortfall as fact, not fiction, under toxic placentas from which I submit. Crawl on footing of tears above majestic waves. Half the century sees the current slapping my face, shy of drowning in the infinite canisters heavy its worth. Burbled inside intrinsic doldrums, I swallow a gape. Not a wise man born under bright wattage, but... The good failures do, hosing the curbside atrocity to attempt regaining visual paths, reacting on labored impositions where the surgical severed flesh. Suppose I find humility on fortune's relinquishing of normal jowls. Riddles can grow heinous instances of obsession in dreams, dictating erroneous testament for short copy prose breached. Once saw courted inquisition break open black holes. Somehow, softening my reaction to these nude occurrences. Proposition chemical imbalance with ornate laughter. Just to find restraint five deep on points of lost reason. Laying golden carpet segues in the dire 
padded posterity saw the shuffling wobbles, burning crowns of acceptance. Not pleased by the quieting of rampant echoes on carnal thought. Jammed swiftly now, this flooded reliving of ghost stories told. Broke free from locked passages come their disruptive wails. It's a wicked fog upon these waters that want me stone dead. Inundated past affliction, paid much more than my soul. Cowering under specter shadows, escaping the foretelling. One that veils cemetery hymns from a touch of old ghosts. And peace. Very cool. It is so good to hear you again. I have missed you. What is your second piece, hon? Our final lake. Pressurized atmosphere of our caressing and allotment of suspended time, constantly exploding violet crackles in Ebony's outline. Reasoning afoot now in gaps impending, hour of redundant mouth obstructions, squeeze the digits to refine the welcoming of vibrant reflections on laughter's fading. Increments shuffled, not the puzzle, estranged but familiar still. Thrown inebriated tantrums known to travel distances give license. Rhetorical vomit spewed dribbles seeps from lethargic lips awkwardly engaged. Look up now, find this kaleidoscope glow, not reacting to romances, recitement, proposes, and droves. Passion's paradigm now chafing runs and stockings that once gyrated with life. Tragic are such curtain calls, drawn to evade instigated erosion of ourselves. Piercing banter boxed by Salting shouts that reverberate in shadows angrily, radiating fractured ions through cerebellum canals to sedate knowing. That was brushing with skin that once held love. Now, gruesome stains of sapphire remain, window holds a light for an epitaph, unsung and octanes now solemnly quaking. Intellect doesn't sleep sound with the chaos and posing via raptured stimulants. As cathartic retinas evoke little insight of why the chasm is what's now faced. Flattened, purple, and sore from all these battles lost and buried requiems. No soul glimmers sucked in by malicious diseased orifices with dangerous smiles. My heart's echo can't sustain these worn appendages aforementioned. Not much can revitalize this flatline in which we instigate foolishly our love's final wake in peace. Phenomenal. So you've been away for a while, and I've missed you terribly, just so you know. And uh, I'm I'm really glad that whatever it is that brought you here tonight brought you to share, because we have missed your voice. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm not really writing, but I'm trying to get out and uh, make the the circuit when I can. and uh, Share the love that is me. <laughs> oh, we love you, hon. Tell everyone how they can come over and, uh, as they well should, and get to know you and your work and be able to read some of your writing and share with you. Citizen Spittle, S-P-I-C-A-O. Google that shit. G-T-S. G-T-S. Google that shit. Yep. All right, sweetheart. Appreciate you, honey. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Thanks, have a good night. <laughs> you too, hon. All righty. Very, very good to hear from Sin. He's been gone for a bit, and we love him. So I'm going to go ahead and take – I'm going to check with area code 503-837 again. 503-837, are you with me? 
go ahead and mute them. We'll just keep going back to them. You know, sometimes I talk a lot and people fall asleep on me. It's horrible. Yeah, but it happens. I do with that. Ugh. Okay. Area code 219. I should have like little buzzers on you guys. <laughs> 219, it's your turn. Oh, uh, yeah. Now I know this is Brother Oman live from East Chicago, Indiana. It is, Brother. Oh, it is so good to hear from you, love. How's your week been? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. That is awesome. What do you have for us tonight, Brother O? Uh, this is a poem I wrote years ago. It's called God, All My Good Brothers Died Way Before Their Time. <clears throat> they didn't want to holler. Good brothers died way before their time. This baby wonder how to live even here left and right. They say right. They say ain't fair. No, 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 no. God, I need you to hear me out for a minute. I desperately need an answer to this question. Why are my good brothers dying way before their time? You may see me laughing and smiling on the outside, but my heart is heavy on the inside. God, I just don't understand this at all. Well, all my good brothers died before their time. I lost so many good brothers and shed so many tears over the years. Every single day on the local news, the internet, and on social media, I hear countless stories of good brothers being systematically cut down to prominent lives. Now prematurely, we attended more funerals than weddings and graduations. These brothers won't be the first, and tragedy they won't be the last to die before their time. Innocent bystanders hit by straight bullets and senseless drive-bys, killed over stupid arguments, murdered by trigger-happy vigilantes, and used by some of these crooked police as target practice. Vigils of strokes. Heart attacks, diabetes, and high blood pressures because of their poor diets and lack of exercise. Vigils of various types of cancers because of smoking cigarettes, drinking heavy liquor, and exposed to air pollution and radiation over many years. Vigils of HIV and AIDS because of sleeping with multiple partners and sharing needles. Vigils of freak accidents, vigils of sudden deaths, vigils of suicide. Here one day, gone the next. Now months to birth, one minute to death. God, why is this happening to all my good brothers across this land? Breaking my heart that some of my good brothers who I grew up with just leaving here left and right, leaving sons and daughters behind, not having their fathers around to raise them. Leave behind parents, siblings, and other relatives and friends to greet their losses. It made me want to holler the good brothers down before their time. It made me want to holler, yeah, leaving here left and right. Yeah, it made me want to holler through both my hands. I have lost so many good brothers and shed so many tears over the years. God, this don't seem right. I just want to know. Wow, my good brothers, now I wait for their time in point. Fantastic read, sweetheart. Thank you. 
fantastic read. You are very welcome. All right. Do me a favor. You know what's next. <clears throat> oh, good evening, brothers and sisters. For those of you who are not familiar with me, uh, and you want to check out more of my work, I can be found on Facebook under the name of my brother O'Gallon. And as always, thank you for your continued support of Speakeasy Cafe every week. Thank you, and I'll be back next week. Thank you so much, sweetheart. We appreciate you thousandfold. You're awesome. Thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. Now, talk to you next week. (laughs) All right, baby. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Brother O in the house. All right. Our next caller comes from, is our another 503? It's 503-995. Looks like maybe we lost our other 503. So 503-995. Let's go ahead and grab you. Are you with us? I am. Hi. Hey, sweetie. Hey. Okay. Uh, first, I'd like to ask you, how do you access the archive? I you really go need to, to access it because your first poet was great, and you know, I, there's a number of people I'd like to check out. So, <laughs> you go to the archives by going to uh, the Speakeasy Cara, uh, BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash mm-hmm. Speakeasy Cafe. Okay. So I can ar- access the archive that way. That's great. That's great. Yeah, and if no, you if you really... click on the link for the show, like a, if you in all the posts and stuff that I put up, there's a link. If you click on that link, then you should. Mm-hmm. It'll say uh, it opens up the the player and stuff, and there should be a link there that takes you directly to the page. So if you click on the part that says the title where it says Speak Easy Cafe, it takes you to our homepage there. Thanks. You know, I'm old and I just don't quite understand these things. <laughs> I, I think I got the instructions now. So thank you for that. Um, I have um, a limerick and a poem. Um, the limerick is dedicated to you. And the poem is dedicated to your older sister, who I invited to listen to the show tonight, but she hasn't gotten back to me. So. Uh, I Am wonder I if good? she was one of the 503s that was on that we didn't get, weren't, weren't able to get to. Mm, not not her phone number, no. But <laughs> I checked. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, first, a limerick for you, okay? Okay. I hate writing haikus. They give me headaches and blues. A limerick <laughs> is better, though it takes more letters. It brings more f- smiles to fools. End of limerick. <laughs> I wonder how you could turn that into a haiku. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd have to subtract a number of syllables. <laughs> I mean, you would. <laughs> I've just always enjoyed I limericks love it. more than haiku. <laughs> I've always enjoyed limericks more than haiku. I, so I why you I know, have a hard I gave time. out the assignment for everyone to write a haiku a day for a year. Mm-hmm. So why don't you set that goal uh, to write 
a lyric a day for a year. And at the end of the year, oh, you'll have 300, a, a, yeah. And at the end of the year, you'll have 365, choose 60, and you've got yourself a limerick book to publish. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe so. Although you first said a lyric. Oh, limerick. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm getting old that, too. <laughs> lyric, I could I could have an entire songbook if I did lyrics. <laughs> I am sure you have plenty of entire songbooks. Uh, well, yes and no. I would um, give anything yeah. anything in the world to have your songbooks. Uh, well, you know they're on archive.org. Um, you know. No, I'm talking about the ones you hand they, wrote. Oh, uh-huh. like the real one. Oh, Just like I having you know, Jimi too. Hendrix's guitar. <laughs> mm, I doubt that, but <laughs> I do have songbooks that go back to my teenage years. Mm-hmm. Yep, I do. All right, anyway, I have a second poem for you, um, and this is dedicated to your big sister. Ah. If I can't look forward to the next stream I fish, the next fly I tie, if I can't look forward to the next girl that smiles, the next slap on my cheek, if I can't look forward to the sound of slapping water in creeks, and the next beautiful girl that makes me sigh, then nothing's left but rum and death and the laughing river I sleep by. Wow, that was awesome. Well, she was the Carp first jam. one that ever slapped me. What? Really? <laughs> oh, yes. She was the first one that ever slapped me. What did you do? I kissed her. Oh. How dare you? Are you kidding? I know, right? <laughs> you know, I had a, a boy ask me one thing. He looks at me and he says, can I kiss you? And it, like, took the whole mood out of it. You know, I know this proper right. to ask first, the thing, but I figure if I'm not worth risking a slap for, then I'm not worth you kissing me, or you're not worth kissing oh, me. Oh, I've, I've been slapped two or three times, but I've never asked first. I just <laughs> kind of bend over and kiss. Not necessarily on the lips, you know, just a cheek, but, you know, yes, I've been slapped a number of times, and I've been laughed at when I've taken my pants off, so. That's a whole whole other limerick. (laughs) (laughs) It is, isn't it? (laughs) This is a limerick about. Okay, we can't. We're not going to rhyme that on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No. No sloppy. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No sloppy. It's have a sloppy. (laughs) God, John, I love you. I'll make room for the next person, but I do want to make compliments to the readers before me. I mean, that's why I ask, how do you access the archives? There are some people that have read tonight that I really want to check out their work. So thank you for the, you know, the instruction. I will make it super easy on you. When I am done here, I will post the link to our homepage with the archives on your page for you and a message for you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll pass it along to all of my friends. So (laughs) all right, sweetheart. Mm, Love you. Bye. Love you too. Hey, do you want to tell everyone how to find you first? 
oh, well, you know, I'm on Facebook or I'm wandering around downtown someplace, you know. I mean, really, <laughs> it's not. Oh, what I would like to tell you is that I have been publishing on Uma G's, um My Poetry Friends page on Facebook, and I would recommend it to anybody, okay? Even if you can't read Hindi, it's still really good. So, all right. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, John. You're amazing. John K is on Facebook. Look him up, you guys. Appreciate you, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Peace be with you. Bye. Peace be with you. Bye-bye, hon. Okay. Our next caller is going to, we're going to go back and check with our other 503, just in case they're ready now. 503-837, are you there? 503, Oregon caller. Not yet. All right. Do, 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 do. Twilight Zone. All right, our next caller. I'm going to go ahead and give the next three so you have an idea that you're coming up fairly quickly. We have our next caller from area code 256, then 410, then 951. So 256, you are on the air. Good evening, Nyla. Hello, sweetheart. How are you? I'm doing fine. This is Stan from Alabama. How are you doing, Stan? What's going on with you tonight? Oh, what's going on with me is the Speakeasy Cafe, of course. <laughs> that's that's the, exactly the right answer. Ding, 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 you win the prize. Monty, tell him what he's won. So what are you going to share with us? A jam up. A jam up. Yep. You love those mashups, don't you? Oh, God, this is one of my favorite things. <laughs> this is fairly recent. You've been doing this like maybe a couple months now that you've been sharing these. That you just, you know, It's, it's kind of like I told you that I think last time where it was, it's kind of like I have, I have a lot of friends and I love them all so dearly, but I don't have a lot of time. And so I was thinking it's, you know, $5 steak night at the Roadhouse uh, bar dinner thing with a band. And maybe I'm just going to have all my friends meet me there and get all my visiting done in one night and multitask and then I'm done and I can get back to all the other crap that's pulling me in 50 different directions. You know, I know. <laughs> so like, I'm going to write one it's poem with everything in it and then I can be done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's a challenge. I love it because the diversity mm-hmm. of the different things in, in trying to actually weave something to integrate them together. That is it's amazing. a cool challenge. I, I love, love that it. you push yourself like that. I got to. What gray matter I got left, I got to keep kicking. <laughs> well, I like the way it, it, it. I like the way it kicks around. So you're good. Okay. Well, we've included the uh, the line. All the chaos in my head began. Uh, we added to that the prompts laying in a drawer, and I used to dream of going to the moon. And then, since I decided to do this as sort of a form of prose, we also got a little something about out for a walk in the snow and leaving no footprints. Wow. How are you going to do Okay, this is exciting. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> okay. This is called Departed Dream. What is this? Where and how did I arrive here? 
no point of reference to this destination other than being here in the now, at least my perception of it. I realize all the chaos in my head began with exiting a darkness, deep rim of reality, a blurred perspective as I wander this landscape. So many images converge and entwine. Threads of my life weaved and rammed in images, sounds, and emotions, yet without physical sensations. No scent, no taste, no feel. The coming and goings of my life played out before me. As a child, see, laying in my drawer a model rocket. The youthful fantasy that captivated my imagination. I used to dream of going to the moon and beyond. In that instant, the images morphed into my child with her dolls, her toy stethoscope and thermometer, lovingly being used on her dolls, her dreams of being a doctor, bringing healing and care to others, her aspiration and dream. Then walking down the aisle to begin my life with my one and only. The elation envelops me as it did then. So many moments revisited and experienced again, even the loss of my parents, her father and sister, painfully touched my being. I'm weeping, but feel no tears, nor feel the embraces of condolence we shared. Now I walk with my wife and child. We travel a snow-covered path in a place I do not recognize. They hold on, supporting each other as they walk. No words exchanged. No feel of cold. No wisp of breath in the air. Their expressions appear, appear forlorn. For a moment we stop. As I look about to see any familiar, I notice their tracks in the snow, but no trace of my own. How can that be? I have traveled at their side through the snow step for step. It's then I notice they have moved on. I try to follow, catch up, but I find myself back in my room playing astronaut. All my life in random moments and scenes, some from and not from memory, continue to appear. Deep rim or reality, a blurred perspective as I wander this landscape. I feel this is a dreamscape of memory and imagined future. Still, my footsteps not in the snow. Apprehension, apprehension now in my heart. If this a dream, where the conclusion, the finale? If not a dream, then nightmare? My revisiting life's journey only to travel a snowy path and find I left no trace? My heart feels the pressure of my increasing anxiety. If this my life passing before me, when will I transcend? If this be a dream or nightmare, when shall I wake from this? Can I awaken from this? Will I ever and peace. That was phenomenal. You know, I love the whole dream aspect of it. 
but sometimes it, I'm listening to it. And it's like, you know, it can almost, you know what it really made me think of almost was someone thinking it was a dream, but somebody with Alzheimer's, you know, where just fragments left, fragments are left and they're skipping between these things. And, and, you know, there's just, there's so many different directions you can take that piece. I just thought it was awesome. Oh, thank you. The idea of, of putting it together and him bouncing back and forth in his memory to different random times in his life. The whole idea of doing that was I was sitting there thinking, how do I knit this together? And a movie popped into my head. You'll never guess what movie. The Notebook. Slaughterhouse Five. Oh. Well, see, I just thought I was being so clever. <laughs> That's a good one, though. That is an excellent one, the notebook. Yeah. But that one where the guy was living his life just in different instances of his life. He, his life would be as a child, and then all of a sudden he'd be an adult. And then all of a sudden he would be back in World War II. And his whole life, being his whole existence being lived, in disjointed moments of his existence. I've never seen that movie. Oh, it's an amazing film if you can follow it. The idea you have to understand is he is not living his life like from childhood to teen to adulthood to elder. It's He could be elder one minute, child the next, and his whole life is being lived out of sequence. That's craziness. I know. But it makes it makes sense yeah, with the poem. Yeah. <laughs> me being somewhat askew, it makes sense for me too. <laughs> oh, it worked out. <laughs> oh, fantastic job, sweetheart. I'm I'm very proud of you. That was awesome. That that was some good work. Thank you. And if I may, since that was homework, I'd like to do a, a short piece. Mm-hmm. And this was actually taken from a prompt given to us by Jan Ferrer in Poetry of Springs Embrace. And it was a quote from W.H. Auden. And the quote was, a poet is, before anything else, a person who is passionately in love with language, end quote. And I took that and I wrote a piece called The Affair. You had always been there, though at times not known to me. Gentle tones and raucous roars brought me laughs and serenity. As time moved, my discernment improved. Clarity and purpose came in view. As we moved on through joys and strife, more of life, was discovered through you. Through you was gifted self-expression and the gift to communicate. Our union expanding as affection increased for our collaborations became passionate. You gave me voice and companionship and a love to last me all my existence. You are the words that now rise from my heart in every lyric rhyme in every sentence in peace. Wow. 
I love it. It feels good to let that head flow again. So tell me, I want to know the writing process in that one. I want to know how that one was conceived. Well, actually, I took the quote, the idea of a person who is passionately in love with language, being a poet. And how as we start out in our lives and we start to learn about words and language, you know, like I said, you know, the gentle tones of, say, a mother talking to her child, to the raucous roars of children playing and such, you know, which would bring laughs and serenity. And just as we grow up, how language grows with us and is always there. Even though, you know, at that time when we were younger, we may not have recognized it as a companion, you know. But later on, as we use it more and become more familiar with it, because we are writers, that becomes our companion. And it is a companion throughout our existence. Mm-hmm. Writers write because that's who they are and what they are. And language is their affair. Absolutely beautifully said. Yeah, I I do love writing about the idea of writing. I do love that. And that's a great quote. That was a great quote. I got to give Jan her credit on that one. That was a good quote. (laughs) It is. It is. Yep, that was phenomenal. All right, my dear sweetheart. You need to tell everybody how they can come throw roses and loves and all that good stuff. <laughs> well, my name is Stan Phillips. You'll find me on Facebook under Stanley Phillips. You'll find me on Speakeasy Cafe. Uh, you can find me on different venues on the Epiphany Radio. Uh, one venue for sure, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday, we'll be co-hosting The Hurt Locker with Rebecca Hollywoods, a.k.a. Murder, She Wrote. Uh, you can find me in the Garden of Poetry and Prose group. You can find me in Poetry of Springs Embrace group. And you can find me in the 2017, 2018, and 2019 anthologies of World Poetry Open Mic. And... From our leader and creator of the Outlaw Poetry Group, Mr. Philip Kent Church, who put together an anthology of our work, Outlaw Poetries Were in Cahoots Anthology. (laughs) And that's about it. Uh, Everybody who's anybody's in there, right? Oh, of course. Especially if it's Philip. I always put like these little antagonistic posts on there, letting people know in that group that the show is on. Like today it was, uh, what did I put on there? Um, Brave enough to be an outlaw out loud. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to to bait them in, get some more outlaw poets over here. Um, Jim Cunningham posted a piece on there today that I thought was pretty amazing that I read. Um, He posts on there quite a bit. 
And uh, yeah, so I'd love to hear, love hear some more of those. Yeah. Yeah. I love reading Jim because if you get a chance to go to Outlaw Poetry and see his entries there, he always has these wonderful, wonderful graphics that go right along with the poem. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at this this image and reading his words, and it is. It, it, and he picks some out. He picks out some beauties. He really does. Well, he's he's got one on there that I'm stealing for Valentine's Day. That oh, one of his that, that, that I stole. I would like to announce. I would like to announce this not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday, since it's so close to that day, the 14th. And that Tuesday is the Tuesday before that 14th. The Hurt Locker is going to have the anti-Valentine's Day show. <laughs> yes, we're twisting Stupid it up. Cupid. It's, we are. Oh, anti-Cupid, yes. <laughs> you see that little winged cherub in the neighborhood? Call out the damn drones. Get that guy. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? Roof, roof, roof. Yes. <laughs> oh, too funny. So uh, make sure that you post the links for that, you know, and, and do it a little bit ahead of time, too, a couple of days ahead of time so people will know. But, but uh, yeah, what day of the week is Valentine's Day on this year? Let's look. We got February. It's on a Friday. So Thursday the 13th. Friday, what day yeah. is your show? Tuesday. Which would be the eleventh. The eleventh. So we're gonna have to try to do something cool for maybe I'll do a late night second show. Ooh. And do an erotic show for Valentine's Day, because we never do erotica here. Oh Nyla wants to get naughty. Oh no, I don't. Romance sucks. But you know, I, I appreciate that others like it. <laughs> What love got to do? Even my erotica is scary. Come on. (laughs) Oh, you want to talk about scary erotica? I could always come out with Crimson Addiction. That'll raise a few hairs on the net. Oh, God. That's funny. We'll figure out something to do fun for Valentine's Day. So what are you doing right now? You want to hang out with me for the rest of the show, or are you busy? Well, actually... Uh, <laughs> I've got another place to be at this moment, but I wanted to make sure that I got on here. And it oh, was you're great so awesome. to hear the poem. And my my shout out to that Appalachian outlaw Philip, to of course the volcanic voice of spoken word, Sinister Spittle, and of course always Brother O. And to mm-hmm. the other poets, thank you so much. And Nyla. On to the next. Thank you, Stan. It was good to hear from you tonight. Great job, honey. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye, sweetheart. All right. Let's go ahead and grab our next caller, which comes from area code 410. 410, you are on the air. Four one zero, are you with me? Four one zero, it's your time to read a poem. And if you don't, then I'm going to keep singing, and everyone will hang up and go home. 
All right, 410, we will come back and check back with you. Check again, make my little note. All right, let's go ahead and see if we can get 651 on there, or 951. 951, are you with me? Hey, Nala, how you doing? Hey, sweetheart, how are you? All right. Hey, every time you say, are you with me, it reminds me of that old Kirk Franklin song, GP, are you with me? (laughs) Crazy. Uh, I'll have to start doing that. Introduce yourself, love. This is Eric Gabon, um, also known as True, out in Southern California, San Bernardino, in fact. How's the weather down there? Is it getting warm yet? Oh, it's gorgeous today, yeah. Blue sky, but I didn't get out into it much. I took the day off sick yesterday and today. I'm thinking of um, applying to an MSA program. So I will probably, oh, really? probably use my time today and tomorrow to do that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. May as well act like I want to take this seriously, right? Congratulations on that. You know, it's it's one thing to be a naive poet. A naive poet, what I call a naive poet, is somebody who just has natural talent, you know, and is, is a good poet, but they don't have all those letters behind their name. They didn't go to school to learn how to be a poet. And you know, things are as they always are. Someone told me one time that, you know, to be a good poet of your era, you have to go to school and you have to learn these things. And, you know, you have to have those letters behind your name and, and you know, for people to, you know, take you seriously. And, you know, I, I don't think that that's true. But I also think that it's very true, if that makes sense. You know, and <laughs> people are going to like what they like. But there are certain things that if you don't have that stuff, those doors aren't going to open for you. So I, I I applaud you on that. My sister my sister did that and and uh you know it really changed some things for her. So it's not easy to do. It's a lot of work. So that's that's awesome. I, I'm proud of you. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I understand it will be a lot of work and a lot of time, a lot of reading. I've been doing mm-hmm. a lot of reading and a lot of writing right now anyway, so I may as well focus it, right? Well, if you're not reading more than you're writing, you're doing it backwards anyway, so yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I do went you to a workshop yesterday? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Go ahead. No, no workshop. What workshop? It was um a little workshop uh, down the street from my house. I live like 30 seconds away from my library, and um, every Tuesday, like every other Tuesday, there's a poetry workshop, and then on those alternating Tuesdays, there's a writing workshop for fiction and nonfiction writers. I went to the poetry one last night and wrote, uh, they did a little generative exercise to start with, which will be one of the things I read tonight. But um, I wanted to know what you were going to say. Oh, I just, I forgot, but because like you're more interesting. <laughs> oh, come now. I don't have my own radio show. Let's be real. <laughs> Well, I, I yeah yeah I talk for a living. <laughs> um, yeah, I, the reason I wanted you to elaborate on that is because, you know, people don't realize sometimes how many things there are for writers out in their communities. You know, right. and how how you know one little phone call to the library or the chamber or something like that can let you know what's going on. You know, there's a writers residency program that I've uh, applied for off and on for years and. You know, 
not not every time I've applied, I was uh, have been accepted to go, which I think is a pretty big deal, and I'm very proud of that. I, I was going to try to play that down, but I'm I'm not going to because I am very proud of that. That but it's it's right. The, the man who used to own Wonder Bread owned this great big huge chunk of property at the coast, and when he he was very much into the land and the ecosystem and all of this stuff and and trees and horticulture and all of that meant a lot to him. And so when he and he also loved literature, so when he passed away, he donated that land to the University of Oregon, and they wow. built this cabin right in the middle of this huge giant chunk of land over by the coast, and every year they do a project, uh, a writing project where they do residency programs. And if you're accepted for the residency program, you have to like apply and send poems and they read them and they pick out certain people that go there through the end of May, starting or starting the end of March through the end of May, they pick out people to go there for a week. Um, and they get to stay for free and hang out there in the woods in the cabin and write and just hang out. It's just, it's amazing. And there's things like that. The point of bringing that up is there's things like that. Carlos written in pain, went to one and actually got to stay in Poe's house for a writer's residency program. You know, I am absolutely serious. He was walking down the street one day and saw a piece of paper saying writer's residency program, stay in Poe's house. He picked it up for shits and giggles, ran it through the washing machine in his jeans, found it again, filled it out, sent it in, and got accepted. And it was pretty amazing. Wow. I mean, imagine that, being able to sleep and spend and stay in Poe's house and do nothing but write. There's a lot of things out there that, that we don't know exist, but we can find them if we look. You know, if you get Absolutely. on GTS, Google that shit, find it. You know, and so I, I, the reason I wanted to elaborate on that is because you brought up, you know, there could be things three blocks from your house, people, and you not even know about it. And that was the and, case here. I had no clue. <laughs> so are you going to go to the storytelling one too? The the other writing one? Um, instead, I'm not sure what you're referring to. Well, you said they do the poetry one, and then every other week they do a storytelling one or something ah. like that. Oh, it's the um, – so fiction – for fiction writers, and they bring in what they've written and workshop that, share it with the other writers, and get feedback from others. I haven't written fiction in quite some time. I do plan on getting back into it. Um, I, I think you should go, even if it's one. just a shit and listen. A shit and listen. Sit and what? listen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shit and listen. Sit and right. listen. I, I've gone a couple of times and, um, yeah. because they welcome poets. The issue is I took a poem, and I believe it was prose style, and mm-hmm. the response I got was, I don't even know if this is a poem. Is it really even a poem? Like, okay, well, this is obviously the wrong. Uh, prose menu. is not poetry. Prose is a story that not sounds pro- pretty. A, right, a prose poem uh, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So it it was the poem. The, poem had no form to it is all I'm saying mm-hmm. um, I'm glad poetry. you're doing that That's, I'm really but, excited for you and it's uh, been a while since we've talked to you Eric first of all I won't stand you in the poetry corner because I just love you too much but I'm really glad that you called in and I think this is a really good conversation because and a good conversation for people to hear you know do you know that there's a writer's residency program that Union Pacific does where you get to go I on their no train clue. for one month and you get to stay on their train in a train car room and do nothing but write as it travels around the around the country. 
Oh, that sounds incredible. Not even shitting you. I have a thing for trains. I'm telling you, every time I hear a train, I wow. want to jump on it and go. I don't even care where it's going. I just I, I want to jump on it and go. Um, but, yeah, they, they have a writer's residency. There's a writer's residency program in Washington where you can go stay, you know, those big forestry towers where they used to go up and they watch for wildfires. You know, there, there's okay. these great big huge towers and you climb up this these stairs and you, you're out in the middle of the forest and you're in this great big huge, it looks like a lighthouse on stilts. And you've got this great big wow. room where they would sit up there and stay with binoculars and watch the forest for forest fires. Well, now they do that with drones. But they have these writer's residency programs where you can go out into the middle of bumfuck nowhere, climb all the way up in this huge watchtower where they used to watch for wildfires and stay there, or wildfires, and stay there and, and write for a month. It's crazy. It's crazy some of, of the stuff out there. I know, right? right. So uh, people, I'm setting, I'm telling yeah. you, you guys, you, you got to look these things up. They don't. I mean, they they do it for. I don't have to pay anything when I go to my when I went to my writer. I mean, they just they they do it to support writers. They, you know, it's amazing. So look for these things. Right. GTS, Google it, find these things. So I'm really glad you brought that up. I think this is really important information for people. Absolutely. Now, the one thing I do want to mention is, even though I've been considering, um, seriously considering this MFA, uh, which is, happens to be a low residency out in Palm Desert, but mm-hmm. um, I've also been doing a lot of studying on my own just to learn everything I can about poetry form and um, publishing and submitting just everything about poetry. Which is Do almost, you submit your poetry so much to publications? Yeah, I've only racked up about 10, um, 10 uh, rejections, so I'd say I'm still a novice at this. But apparently, you have to get 100 rejections before you're considered a serious uh, writer. Yeah, we should, we should talk rejections. sometime. Maybe maybe you and I could do a uh, a workshop talking about submitting poetry and getting poetry published. Maybe we, we could work on something like that where we could do that together to, as one of our workshop shows. But there's some things that every poem has a home, but there's some things that you oh. have to do and you can really cut down on that rejection. I've only had one poem ever rejected right. that I've submitted, but I am very careful about where I okay. submit, how I submit it. Ah. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of legwork before I let one of my babies go out there. Um, and I've only right. ever had one rejection, and that's because they had were already full um, and had poems on that. It was a themed thing, and they already had they had a number of them on that theme, and so they could only take so many. But there's ways to really you don't have to go you know you don't have to go through the pain of all those rejections if you're smart, right. if you know how well, to well, you know where to look and how to do it. And right for the sake of clarity. Um, most of where I have submitted have been contests. I haven't submitted to to, to many just open submissions um, for journals and whatnot. Most of where I submit has been for contests trying to win a prize. Ah, uh, have you and seen that? Do you ever one? Go ahead. And there's only one winner in those, so ah, uh. extremely slim. <laughs> You're asking, you're asking, have I seen what now? 
have you um, seen the every once in a while I'll go through all the places that I work with and I'll post places that are accepting submissions. And usually I do them under a theme because that can kind of prompt a poem or something like that. But do you ever see those on my page when I post them? I I know I went to your page specifically to look for that uh, once. Uh, not much pops up in my Facebook feed. I don't know why. I should probably check my settings. I'll, uh, let me write this down. How do you spell your last name? Capital D-E, capital V-A-U, G-H-N-N. Okay. I'll make sure I get some of that information sent over to you. Do you edit your work? I do. Everybody thinks editing is such a bad word. It's not. Oh, it's the best part of writing. Come on. Mm-hmm. It's the it's where the magic happens, you know. I also <laughs> edit other people's work, so. You know, I, I look at it this way. You know, an edited edited poem is like a girl taking a selfie with no makeup. That doesn't happen very often. We edit that shit, you know. <laughs> Our poetry is the same right. way. You clean you clean that up and you fix it up and you make it look nice. You don't send it out there. You know, blotchy cheeked. Exactly. Okay. Half-half-half. All right. So, the mic's yours. Tell me what you're doing. So, um, I have a really short poem that I wrote at the uh, the workshop Tuesday, and then I have one that's just a little bit longer, not much longer, if that's cool. Okay. So, the um, the longer poem, since we were just talking about editing, I was editing it up until maybe two minutes ago while we were talking. So how about that? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> okay, so the first one um, was an acrostic. They asked us to write an acrostic, pick a word. I chose the word promotion as something that I'd like to see happen in the near future. And if, for those of you who aren't familiar with what a, an acrostic poem is, you write the word and then you build the poem off of each of the letters. So instead of writing the promotion, instead of writing the words, let me I'll explain that real quick. Instead of writing the word promotion horizontally on the page, you write it um, vertically. vertically. So the the fir- right. each line starts with the letter of the word. So you write it down the page, and each line starts with the letter of that word. To explain that right. I right. Ideally so. I'm hard-headed, so I just wrote the poem through <laughs> the letters, and it kind of oh, works through. But, those, but I, I formatted it such that the letters in promotion are vertical. The poem just weaves around it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Prepare yourself a sanctuary, ready and worthy of a child-born split, drawn from mother. Cleaved out of a father's churlish chest, torn jagged, left to imagine how brittle a home is, built on a fool's shifting foundation. Next time I'll be ready. Really short poem there. Um, The next one is called Black Hole black holes, black, I think black holes. Um, 
coming it's gonna be in my upcoming book and I have a series of poems which make reference to astronomical um phenomena. So one called space, one's called time, gravity, uh one called matter, and then this is black holes. And the um what is it? What do you call the little phrase that follows the title that is not yet part of the poem, but it gives you something to reference? Epigraph. Gravity so dense, not even light can escape. Standing in the doorway as his child's mother discusses their day. His robe draped loose on him, a pitch raven skin. The daughter wanders off in her golden play. Earlier, her cousin had asked, Titi, why is Rosalie brown? Because her daddy is black. A question of color met with race. But you are black, the mother announces. But his robe does not blend, does not fade into the flesh of him. The echo still ringing in his blanched bones. She isn't even, even black, black, black. Weeks later, the child will kick the ball. Her mother will claim with no sense of irony. What do you expect? She is Mexican. A fissure, once again, sutured slow, deliberate, like medical glue applied only on one side. Nestian. That was phenomenal. Both of those were just phenomenal. You know, I'm really excited to hear about everything that you're doing. You know, I've been talking with with everyone since the beginning of the year about really setting goals and pushing ourselves and figuring out what we really want as writers. And we don't have to know what we want. We just have to know we want. And if we want something, then what do I have to do? I don't know what I have to do, so do something. You know, you don't have to know that you want to be a skydiver to jump out of a tree. Right. You know, you just have to know Maybe that you, you get a jump. thrill jumping out of the tree, you know, and, and someday you'll end up skydiving. You know, yeah. it's really funny. You said epitaph, and that's also, you know. Um, I said epigraph. I meant epitaph. I know, but, but, when, but I heard, when I heard it, I heard you say epitaph. So I was thinking about that, and I, it made me laugh, and it, I, I have to share this because it's so funny. I was at a cemetery, and there was an uh, epitaph on a tombstone that – uh, said she said she said only it said something at the top of it said she said only over her dead body and it was Mary's fudge recipe and then her fudge recipe was on the tombstone wow. you know I, how, give me your That's fudge great. recipe over my dead body and so it said she said only over her dead body and there was her fudge recipe it was so funny it was so funny it was awesome I'm how beautiful was that, that? <laughs> I know right Yes. <laughs> That's my favorite type of people right there, I promise. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. All right, my darling, do me a favor. I really appreciate you hanging out with me all this time and talking. I think it was uh I no think problem. that I hope everybody enjoyed enjoyed this 
chit chatting. <laughs> so right. what are you what are I'm you sorry. doing now? Do you wanna so No, you're fine. Do you wanna hang out for on the show with me for a while? Are you busy? Cool. No, I'm good. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Let's go ahead and grab the next caller real quick. We have a caller from area code nine eight four. Nine eight four, you are here with Eric and I. Welcome to the show. What's up, Nala? Hey, sweetie. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm amazing. It's good to hear from you. Introduce yourself to everybody, yeah. my darling. Kind of surprised me because I just came on and I'm like, you know, I told all my people I'd be on late. And then <laughs> I'm like the next caller. That's kind of weird. But <laughs> it is what it is. Well, we've been having issues all night long and I've just been, we've been, we've been dancing through it. So we're good. We're good. We do have area code. I do want to say we do have area code 510 on the line with us. They've made it on. Um, if you want to come on the air with us, 510, just press 1. And I'll know it's okay to unmute you if you're here just listening and hanging out. Cool. If you change your mind, press 1 at any time. 510. Okay, go ahead. So we're here with Eric, and we are here with Glenn yourself. Very Glenn good. Still. Very good. See, it's important. So how are you doing, Glenn? Did you Glenn? hear me? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, you did. Yeah. I'm doing, I know who I'm you doing are. good. Yeah, I know you do. Have you talked with Eric so, before? Uh, do you know Do you know Eric? I don't know Eric. He's pretty amazing. But Eric, so. Eric, it's nice to meet you, man. How's it going? Good to meet you. Good to meet you. Looking forward to your work. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, did you just? Are you the person that just read that piece? That was me. Yes. Oh, dynamic man. Very dynamic. Wow. Appreciate it. Thank you. So, um, so I don't really got much to say other than you know, like uh, I enjoy your your work and stuff like that, and. Um, I just want to know, uh, you know, like your years coming around and you're looking for uh, splendor, you know, uh, people that will give to you. How, how does somebody do that? So, oh, you for know, to keep, to keep the show, yeah, to keep the show on the road. How, how does somebody sponsoring the show? You know, mm-hmm. When it first started, um, I did it all by myself, and then one year, James, one sapien gave me a call and said I'd like to help out and he helped me out the first year a couple years after that and then uh, Roy here for the beer kicked in and and that went on for a couple years a couple other people jumped in and last year I actually did like one of those GoFundMe type things it wasn't GoFundMe but it was one of those fundraiser things and we had quite a few people jump in last year and you know nobody can give a lot we're all broke let's admit it you know we're poets we're not millionaires right um but, you know, everybody kicked in a little bit and and it, you know, paid for the licensing fees for the year. They've gone up this year. They went up from $1,000 a year to $2,500 a year to stay as a three-hour show. So, yeah. Um, so if we keep doing it at the, the $1,000 level, we're going to be dropping down to, and I can't see paying, you know, $2,500 a year for a licensing fee Um to stay at three hours. That's a lot of money. That's $1,500 more for the year for what we've already been doing, you know, for 14 years. So more than likely at the beginning of the year or the beginning of our, our broadcast year, which is uh, April um, or Mar- excuse me, March, uh, we'll probably be going to a two hour show because I just can't see, I can't see us pulling that, that out of our pockets. That's a lot of money. Right to stay on at three hours so you know if 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 uh i'm gonna i'm gonna put it that way and you know maybe 
some, you know, an angel will show up or something like that. But I'm suspecting that we'll we'll be dropping down to the two-hour show on the on sponsoring. But we'll be we'll be doing I'll be posting that information on my page, and we'll be doing a fundraiser thing for it again. What on on the Nyla and Lisa page? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. Because I mean, uh, so so seriously. I mean, you, you answered half my question. How, how does somebody, you know, uh, uh, give to you staying online? The when you do the when I do the fund me thing, they just donate to that thing. They it gets held until the end, and then that gets transferred into the bank account, and I pay the fees. Yeah, but I mean, like, what link is that? Is there a link to it, or does it yeah, there's a link PayPal? to it, and you can do it with PayPal, or you can do it with your credit card, or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll count me in this year. No, I love you. Thank you so much. No, so, no yeah, I'll be I'll be posting mind. that towards the middle of. I'll probably start that uh, right around and in, in right somewhere towards the first, maybe middle of February. Let Christmas get out of everyone's system because you know nobody's got extra money. So, you know, if we do, it's not a lot. I, I really appreciate it when people do. Well, you know, I mean, three hours is a hard pull, anyways. I mean, um, when I was when I had 10 gate polls, I think we were doing an hour and a half, and that that was a long time. You know, what I mean, it was hard trying to digest all the poetry and all the poets. <laughs> No. We've been doing no. three hours since day one. We have always been a three-hour show. It's real hard for me. It's it's emotionally. I'm. I have to tell you, it is. It's it's really. I feel like I'm letting you guys down by having to take it down to a two-hour show because we fill up a three-hour show. You know, yeah, I can't imagine right. trying to, you know, just rush through people or something like that. So it's going to be real hard emotionally. It's going to be really hard for me dropping this down to a two-hour show. But realistically, I have to realize that, you know, I can't I can't do the 2,500. You know, I did the 1,000 for a long time on my own. Then people start help, jumping up and helping. And, you know, that's been amazing and wonderful and, and has just made my heart happy. But 2,500, that's just crazy. That's crazy. You know, the if there was that, something additional we were getting, then that would be great. But it's not. It's, it's for the yeah. exact same thing we have right now. And that's just... Yeah, and, and to be know. quite frank with you, one of the reasons why I never, uh, I never uh, really like uh, had any um, like uh, let go uh, problems with uh, Blog Talk Radio was there's you know it's hard to be they're hard to be consistent with their with their platform you know like you just said you know we have a lot of problems and you know I experienced those myself but um, it is what it is unfortunately it's the only um, really um, access platform that um, I think is available to poets, to poets. I mean, I get hit up by a lot of people doing a lot of things on poetry and it's called this number and, but, you know, there's you know, it's four or five poets, you know what I'm saying? And and it's like uh, and I don't even mind doing that. I do it once in a while. But um, it's not like a, a live it's not like a live venue like you got, you know. Mm-hmm. But you that you've literally worked for for 14 years, you know. Um, believe me, I uh, I have all the respect for you in the world. So. Well, thank you. One of the things I think, 
one of the things I think makes this show so special is that you've created such a welcoming environment, just bantering with everyone, checking on people to see how their day is going before even bothering to get into the poetry. And that makes it so special and engaging. It, it would be hard to see it drop to two hours because then if it loses some of that personality, that's a large part of the identity, I feel. I know. How can I shut up, right? <laughs> I, you know, the, it, it doesn't have an off button. It doesn't have an off button, you guys. I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm going to have to give you all a little button so, like, when I start rambling, you can, like, shock me. And, and I'll, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We only got two hours. <laughs> oh, too funny. You know, you know um, I'll, I'll tell you a secret that I did on uh on 10K Poets. Now, a lot of people are going to really get disgusted with this one, okay? But the bottom line is, um, I knew the poets that were coming very well, because I went out and read their stuff beforehand. Um, I knew exactly what they were going to bring, you know, it would be week to week, and but we had five radio shows on, actually six, you know, and we were publishing and doing uh, production for Spoken Word and so I had to really go out there and and get to know exactly what kind of uh, talent was available, if you want to call it talent. Uh, I kind of hate that word, but, you know, what what kind of, you know, what's coming, if you will. And one, one thing that we did, which um, a lot of people in the home block didn't really succeed to, is uh, I, I didn't do it, like, on a basis of call in your how you call in. I did it on basis of what we knew was going to be was going to generate interest and generate you know solidarity and because we were very political in those times. But uh, you know, um, and you do your show with you know whoever calls in gets in the lineup, and that's all mm-hmm. good. But on a two-hour show, you might have to go. You know, like okay, you know. You know, until I checked this person out, I mean, we 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 did our homework on that show, literally did our homework. Yeah, I know, you, and I know, and you brought in some amazing people, but that will never that will never happen here. It will always be an open format. Always, it will forever be an open format like this. Right, and, uh, and there's, a, there's that's what, what I love that's about how, it. Yeah, there's that's how um, the poets get discovered. You know, just one call in might take one take. You know, one take might break the uh, the ice for that one person to you know become a very naturalized poet. You know, and you mm-hmm. you were mention you were mentioning uh, you know the acronym to go behind a poet. You know, like uh, MFA and all that yeah. kind of stuff. You know, um, I you know as you know, you should know. You know, I was never into that. You know, and I yeah. I kind of but it's you know it's like we're I, talking because that's what Eric's going to go do. Eric's going to be taking those classes and stuff. And for some people it's important, and for some people it's not. And I always like to tell people that it doesn't matter, but in a lot of circles it really does. And that's just the the world we live in. You know, there's certain doors that can't open to you if you don't have that because they're everybody holds the keys to their own door. And so you know, I applaud him for going to do that because that is going to open doors for him more so than someone who doesn't. You know, and the more doors we can have open for ourselves, that's never a bad thing. You know, but I, I understand, too, that, you know, bottom line, at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, it's really all about 
you and your pen, period. You know, the, the number, you know, the, the letters, all of that, you know, which is, you know, why there were so many naive painters. Painters, you know, think about our, some of our masters in the museums. They were never, never, you know, classically taught. You know, there's a lot of just beautiful natural talent out there, and I think that's really applaudable. Well, we yeah. have to get to your poem. If, we still have can... callers on hold. Right. All right. Um, when you're in desperation, don't take a pill. Don't reach out for a shaman. Read a bit of modern poetry. Find you in the lit. Because wilting away comes so soon until you breathe a new day. Get ready. Some of those words are going to hurt. Stand fast in all of it. Never give up. And when they come with weapons, say just like this. Bitch, you're on a downhill slope. You better turn and walk away. Go find a place to hide. Find a piece of lint. It'll save you from making mistakes. I once was like you. Now I'm different. And if they keep coming, learn how to write a beginning and ending. Never turn away. Desperation will eventually fade. Hold the weapon that stars and planets can't contain. A shot of this is going to make you hard and tender. Hard times come at night. When you want to be by yourself, tender wolves. When you can source love with the one you're with. This is called Fade With. My name is Glenn Still. When you enforce love with the one you're with. That's a strong line. Eric, you want to comment? myself for a second. I think the line that resonated with me, I believe you said, oh, the weapon that stars and planets can't contain. Was that it? Is that correct? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, whatever. I love that matter. line. Yeah. Good. Beautiful. Whatever job. you want. <laughs> whatever I want. Um, it's your pen. I did. Amazing. No, I, was talk- I was talking to somebody that just walking by and, and uh, they they heard me reading, and I'm outside of this bar that I I don't go to bars, but I kind of came here because. <clears throat> Anyways, this dude just walked by, and he said, "Dude, that's an awesome poem. Can I give you any money?" I said, "No, I'm good." He said, "Well, can I get you anything?" I said, <laughs> "You know, but see, that that to me is what a poet is, man. It's like you know, we're you know like." I don't know, man. I don't think a poet's ever going to hit the top ten, you know, of booksellers. I don't see that coming. We're, uh, we're, there we're was fighting. a time. There was a time, yeah. yeah. But that those days are gone. That's why I say when you're desperation, just in this country. Pill, yeah, pretty much just in this country because we, 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 we regulate everything on propaganda now, you know. That's because we spend our time watching the Dr. Pimple Popper on TV for entertainment. Yeah. Or whoever, it doesn't matter who yeah. is the same, you know. It's crazy. I thought I'm going to read one more, okay? It's not really a mm-hmm. poem, it's kind of prose, okay? And then I'm going to get off here so you can do your thing. Okay. It's called The Book of Life. It's called The Book of Life, Chapter One. Once you're on the street, it's hard to get out. I had dreams. They never came true. Back 10 years ago, I thought that if I decided to test myself, I'd go out like Jack Kerouac, stroll through the rigmarole, I'd write about it, push a book out about being homeless, be done in three months, at the most 10, 
10 years later, I'm still writing an unpublished documentary of why it's almost impossible to get on my feet. Now, don't take a whimper at heart. Most of this has been on my own doing. Had several people wanting to assist me, but the odds were drawn into the Santa fine line where and when I got started. Then normally, of it all became addictive. My mind was set. I'll give it all away with intentions of getting 10 times 10 back. All I had to do was write this book. Start from the East Coast, head west. Took my dog, Wiggles. Uh, she was rescued firsthand from a son I'd adopted. But something inside of him just couldn't set right. I caught him one day beating her down. Now, I love my own people. However, I love animals more than I love humans. So things went against me in a bad, bad way. Me and Wizzles wound up in Asheville, North Carolina, on a road that was just fraught with hopes and dreams out of Dallas, Texas. We started off with a new mindset. Could have gone to Mexico, had liens on a compound in San Cabo, but it never felt right, so I excluded that as an option. The other problem was with this. I had a pound of hate following me around. Once a name, everybody remembers everything you did wrong. Not a thing you did right. Not a goddamn thing I could do about it. Once colored, always black or white. I wrote it out. Wiggles and me took off on a journey towards my dream. She didn't make it through the hate. In a drunken haze, she took took a car off. Didn't survive the drunk driver. Got hit twice, back to back. On leash, held in my hand. Died in my lap. Fled Fled out internally. Not a goddamn thing I could do about it. I only remember severely crying. Please trying to remove me. And Palm? No. From the middle of the road, running along a serene river, late at night. I just left someone I thought was the best friend. Our politics were different. That resulted in chaos. I'm good at walking away. And I should have stayed and fought till one of us was in the grave. But hindsight is a bitch. And when Wiggles went down, I knew right then and there, Jack had no clue as to what owning this was like. Because once you're on the street, it's hard to get off. When you're all alone. My name is Don Still. This is called When You're All Alone. Very powerful. Eric? That's a poem that I would hope to see in print because I'd love to read it and just follow along and then go back and catch the references. You know, powerful, as you said. I appreciate that, Eric. All right, let me let you get to the your list there, all right? Very cool. All right, sweetheart. Great job tonight. I'm glad you were here, and it was cool visiting with you and being able to have a little bit of sign, my love. Yeah, just remember one thing. This is not my job. (laughs) It's your heart. (laughs) It's whatever, but it's not a job. Comes through natural. Yeah. All right. Love you both. All right. Love you too, hon. Thanks. Bye. Peace. 
All right. Our next caller is going to come from area code 501. 501, welcome to the show. How do you do? Hey, sweetie, how are you? There they are. I'm slow and stupid. <laughs> oh, it is good to hear from you. I wish that was true of every place that I have shared and spent time, including the prison and the jails. The prison for saying no to Vietnam, the jails for saying no to racial segregation. And I am sorry for including that, but... Don't ever be sorry. Don't ever be sorry. Sorry for standing up what you believe in, and for being true to your voice and your beliefs and your 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 own moral compass. Don't ever be sorry for that, Don. Exactly. That is appreciated. I have a poem here. Um, it's like a skirt. It's short and interesting. <laughs> Is entitled Night Pours In. Night pours in. No moon floats. All is dark, pitch dark. A woman waits, scar face. She who cannot sleep waits. No tears collect in her life's corners. No tears collect to be bottled and aged. No blood flows from the scars on her face. No wine ripens from the fruit of her tears. She waits convicted of life. She waits as if her knees could cry. She squints through the slit in the door, the only source for herself's light. Her man dies, another's born, to take a husband, double-crossed her. He hit and hit her until she fell down a staircase of scars into jail. End poem. You know, I have known you a long time, Don, and have been a fan of yours for a long time. You are one of the most interesting writers I have ever heard. Bar none, I, well, the I- subjects that you write about, the things that you write about, and we've discussed that before. I sent... Uh, Eric, who's with me tonight, I sent Eric Devon the link, your link, to, uh, the link to your page. Um, he's getting started. He's going to be getting started looking at some writing programs and things like that. Um, so, and you've been through so much. I mean, you've gone, if I remember right, you've um, studied at Berkeley, Stanford, Oxford, all over. You know, you've you've have you have an impressive list of creative writing studies under your belt and so I thought that it would be good for the two of you to hook up 
This is appreciated. I would like to mention maybe the Bay Area Poets Coalition, which is here in San Francisco Bay Area, specifically because it has outlay poetry contests, but importantly here for the region, it means people as far away as Millbrae or San Jose can take the BART, the uh, transportation subway, up to North Berkeley exit and then walk five blocks to the open reading at Strawberry Lodge on Addison Street the first Saturday of the month from three to five. And it is not a mixed reading, by which I mean you don't have people who are featured poets Everybody is a featured poet and gets time to do two rounds of one poem each. Why Why mention this? Because it was founded by Carolee Sanchez and Paul Vane. And Carolee is a memory, a good memory of what a Lebanese and um, Native American can be. Um, it was then guided by Ernest Landauer, Maggie Myers, and right now is under the the um, leadership of John Rowe. But you look it up in the user. Uh, search engine and look it up. It's Bay Area Poets Coalition. The second thing I'd like to mention is Poet as Radio. The April 6, 2014 program which I am on. It is another way of looking at radio broadcasting. And I also come from a radio broadcasting background. I was on Poor People's Radio, KPOO, and had a show um, called Live Poets, which we had five poets each week. And we mm-hmm. had two hours time. But then we did not have, um, what is it called, um, what do you call it when you get on wave on on the web web page and connection to a web page because there was no internet in nineteen seventy. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, see, you're all, like a plethora. You are a plethora of knowledge and information mm-hmm. and talent and inspiration. So I'm I'm glad you two are gonna you have access to each other now. Absolutely. This is a and I just looked up your page. Yes, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Please continue. Oh, sorry. Then the last thing I have to mention is uh, um, if you look up Poet as Radio April 6, 2014, um, no, 
that's not it. Poets study any conversation. This is a um, great, not a radio program, a class offered by UC, the extent, and it's English X110.2, and it takes six local poets printed, published, and has them come in one meeting and then um, ask questions about what is in their books after the students who have prepared. I mention this and I push it, not because the specific is important, but because the concepts could be used in other areas. So if it can be picked up and used in Louisiana, hey, it can be picked up and used and modified for Michigan, okay, hey. So, you know, um, thank you for letting me yakety, 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 yak. <laughs> and, as, a- and as far as uh, giving you a place so that you can hear um, or read my poetry, I'd rather not. I'd just rather um, get to the next person in line. Is this okay, Nyla? That's fine, sweetheart. This is appreciated. Thank you very, very much for continuing. And I hope that you will be able to research and find a venue that is a little bit different than the one that you're used to for the last 14 years and be able to pick up radio program time three hours at one half or one quarter the cost. Maybe well, that would be awesome. Maybe there <laughs> is another venue. Maybe uh, there is. My love to everybody on air and my love to you. Two people there. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Don. Love you, sweetie. Thank you. Appreciate Appreciate you. And if I can take seven seconds to say sure. I've been paying attention to how poems began and how to enter poems, the way Don entered that poem with night poison, no moon floats. That's just gorgeous imagery. I loved it. I, I, as soon as I heard him, it's like I knew that I had to send you the link to his page. I think that you, I think you'll really appreciate the, his writing. And you know, he has a lot of a lot of time under his belt. You know, so because you are pursuing that path, it's always nice to have that, um, you know, that that mentor kind of a place to look for knowledge or to ask a question or to just observe. You know, he he is right. he is. Uh, just amazing. He is an incredible, amazing, interesting human being. I think you'll enjoy being connected with him. So there's a reason you called Very in cool. tonight. Aren't you glad? <laughs> it was fated. I almost got <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it was a shooting absolutely. star and a comet colliding. I think I saw both of those through my feelings. <laughs> Oh, too awesome. All right, let's go ahead and grab our next caller. You still good to hang out? Yeah. 
Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 863. 863, you're on the air. Oh, um, and hello, Nyla. Oh, Noreen. Hi, sweetheart. Hello, Nyla. We are here with Eric Devon. He's with me tonight, by the way, Noreen. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Hello, Eric. Hi, how are you? It's nice to meet you. Good to meet you. I've heard you a number of times. Okay. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. Um, This Tuesday on February the 4th, Gary and I will be married 12 years and then and be together 22 years in November. And I always teased him about, you know, his decision making or his 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 fear of commitment. It took him a long time. But I'm glad he, he I'm glad he did, you know. <laughs> That's a pretty long courtship, Noreen. You guys had amazing. You, not, what you guys had long. was amazing. I I wish we had we had longer time. I, I know. Cuz I keep cuz I, I keep yeah. Go ahead. Okay. I could wish um, because we I kept telling him, you know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna um live just you're gonna be 114 and I'll be 100 and we'll see our 50th wedding anniversary. I should have never <laughs> gave up. And I keep telling that every day. But, <laughs> I love you, hon. Okay. So are you gonna okay. are you gonna share one of his pieces with us tonight? Um, yes, and I thought this would be appropriate since it's our um our wedding anniversary come up. I'm gonna read one um now and forever our love. Okay, okay. I'll never be lonely as long as I can kiss her good night. I'll never be lonely as long as she kisses me good morning. The days of our lives are full of fun, love, and laughter. We talk and play and tease and. Love each other from morning to night. Most days we work and help each other. We seldom ever fight. If we do, we give our love for each other to make it right. Yes, she has her opinions, and I have mine. The one thing that never changes, I have her love, and she has mine. The end. Absolutely beautiful. I remember him reading that. I can hear his voice reading that. Yes. And I can hear your giggles. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I had that on, you know, I, I learned um, how to cut them, cut pieces of it out. You know, when you go on the archive, because there's a website there where you can take a, 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 a t- take a, um audio, whatever, you can cut it out and save it, and that's what I did, and I put it on our, on, on our on our website so I could hear it and hear him. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad you did that. Yes. Yeah, you can, I don't know what program you're using, but you can most definitely do that. You can copy and paste just like a Word document and keep your audios. Yes. Yeah. And and then um, I found a whole bunch of his music, too, he did on um, Rebirth, because he would never let me record, and um, he didn't want me recording, and so, um, so, so I'm so glad he got a scene when he was on Rebirth. Because yeah. he didn't think he sounded any good, but I told him, yes, you do. I told him, well, look, look at, there's somebody came up one day, and, and, and he was playing. They thought, he thought, um, um, Gary was, um, um, on the, he, he thought it was the radio, and it was Gary playing the guitar and singing. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Hey, Eric, did you want to comment on on uh, the piece? I am I muted? No, okay. I'm sorry. I've uh, been putting myself on mute. I had to check to make sure I wasn't still on mute. Um, no, that was a beautiful piece. I, I actually, I appreciate the. I appreciate the heart of it. You know, mm-hmm. you hear the sentimental, the, the, the tone. It's it's lovely. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome, and thank you. Okay. I so love and, that you still share Gary's pieces with us. That means so much to me, Noreen. You have no yes. idea. And it's I as it should be. I won't stop either. I you won't should. stop either. I wouldn't let you. <laughs> no. <laughs> and which one are you going to read of yours? I'm going to read this is one I, I, I wrote uh, several years ago, and I thought it was appropriate to read now since our, our, our wedding anniversary is coming up. It's called Wedding Vows. Okay. I give you my all. I give you my heart. I put my life into your hands, trusting in you, believing in you. I'll cherish and treasure all the memories of us. I will love you for all eternity, through thick and thin, through the good and the bad, through sickness and in health, for poor or for richer, as long as God let me be alive. I want this more than anything else, to be your loving wife and you as my loving husband. For all days and nights shall we live. I'll be the best as I can be, for you deserve it. I'll do my best to make and keep you happy, to see you smile, to make us a loving, comfy home that we could be proud of. For I'm in love with you, and I love you from the bottom of my heart. Uniting together as one to be faithful and loyal to you, for you're the one and only one I want, I need, I'm in love with. I'm proud to take you as my loving husband for all my days and all my nights and beyond my grave. I'll stand by your side, whatever life throws at us. I can handle it, for you are by my side. The end. So beautiful, Eric. Thank you. Um, now, were those actual vows? It um, means, um, I can, it, as you're reading it, I can see two people standing at the altar, mm-hmm. and the whole, the whole church in tears. Wow. Were those your actual vows, or is that a poem? Um, th- that is um. A poem and the vows, both. I um and I want to do this at our um at at our wedding. The the uh at because we got we got married by the justice of peace. He said no. He want me to do it uh, when we're alone together. So we did that after we were married. Um, we, um we did it right in the truck. Well, I hope he ends up with shingles. <laughs> oh, that's so mean of me. Oh, I'm a bad person, but I do. Kind of. He should have let you do it. He should have let you. It would have taken him 10 minutes. He just should have bit the bullet. Yeah. So I guess you can say it's both the vows and and the um, poem. Both. 
Absolutely beautiful, sweetheart. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. Do me a favor and tell me how we can find you and Gary's work. Okay. Oh, um, can I tell you one, one something? Um, um, you ever heard um, you've, um, uh, um, uh, the book called Dared and Done, The Marriage of Elizabeth Barrett and Robert Browning? I don't think I have. I don't have that one. No. Um, I, 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 um, I, when I was, um, for the, uh, well, I got, I got two of them. One for me to keep so I can read it, and the other one for the uh, raffle drawing Saturday night when I do the Facebook live. And so, um, it, I mean, oh my God, I love this book. I better be there then, huh? Yes. Make sure yes. you post that on my page so everybody can come over and visit your what you're doing. Okay. 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 Right. And I and I decided, you know, instead of my books all the time, get because I I discovered this book on online. I said, wow, this sounds really really awesome book, and it is. And this you know, woman I've who got... wrote it. Did, hmm? Go ahead. Oh, this woman who wrote it, she did a lot of research. She went all over, and somebody paid her to do this research. There's a book that. I really connect with hard and well there's a couple of them but the main one is and I buy every copy I ever see at any used bookstore and online wherever Um, and it's called A Night Without Armor and the poet is Jewel you know the singer Jewel a lot of you may not know that but she's studied classic poetry grew up in Alaska her grandma taught her love of classic poetry and and she has a book out and it's one of my absolute favorite books and I buy everyone I see because I give them away to everybody you know, I buy them so I can give them away because I just, I, I think it's an amazing book. So uh, I understand the buying one and and uh, to share because it's so good. Yes. Do you have a book like that, Eric? Do you have a book that you really, really like that you would want everyone to read? Uh, I do. And I misplaced it in my room, I think. My room's kind of a mess right now. Um, and I just ordered this poet's new book, and while I was at it, I figured I'd order the same book that I already have, which just is missing some because I love having two copies of something I really like, and that's Don't Call Us Dead by Denez Smith, National is that a con- Book Award finalist. Contemporary poet? I'm sorry? One of yeah. our contemporaries? Absolutely. Matter of fact, uh, we're both we're both um, older than this young person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Denez is a special writer. Post, a, post a link to her book if you yeah. want. Post those, the links to those. They so just recommended recommended reads and post those links Absolutely. on my page. You're more than welcome to do that. Very cool. I'll do that. Yeah. I was going to say something else and I forgot what it was. It was kind of important, maybe. <laughs> I hate it when I do that. All right, Noreen, my love, tell us how we can find you, honey. Okay, um, you can find Gary and I. You can find our um, uh, our three books: The Hour of Truth, Two Hearts in One, and Reflections of Our Inner Beings. You can find it on Amazon, and you can find our official website at um, uh, Gary and Noreen Snyder dot dot com front slash poetry and then you can find um okay you can find us wait you can um find Gary on Facebook dot com and um 
WikiNut.com, PortryPoem.com, and he's also Googleable and Googleable. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he is. And then um, then you can find me on Facebook.com, PortryPoem.com, WikiNut.com, and then now you can find us on um, uh, Code-Fi.com. And it'll be under Gary and Noreen. You can and um and if you uh, I already got somebody who uh, supported me and, and bought us two cups of coffee. And if you like uh, like our work, you can go on Ko-Fi and and um and buy us a cup of coffee or whatever. It's not real coffee. It's it'd be um it's not real coffee. It's you know um, donations. Very cool. Okay, it's like right. a Patreon. Okay, and 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 then um and then I want to thank um, oh, and I'm also Googleable and Googleable. I I know I didn't get it right. <laughs> I think I prefer the way you say it. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Okay. All right, baby. Thank you so much, honey. Okay, and then I want to thank all the sponsors for um sponsoring the show for, for the year, and I want to thank you, Nyla. And um and Eric and um Christopher Ryan and Michael Quigg for um hosting this show for the for for the year too. So us poets have a venue. Thank you. Absolutely, our pleasure, baby. Thank you so much. Okay. okay you're and we'll welcome. talk to you next week. Yes. 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 All right. Thank you, baby, and my love you, to love. you and Gary both. Happy anniversary. Okay. Thank you, and and love to you all too, and. And thank you. My my heart will be thinking of you both on that day, okay? Okay. All right, love. We'll talk to you next week, honey. Okay. Talk to you next week. Okay. All right. Okay. So we have one more caller, Eric, and then I would like to have you read another piece, if you would. Well, sure. I don't mind. I mean, I guess I could find something. Something. If I twist your arm. (laughs) All right. Let's grab area code 419. 419, are you with me? Hi, Nala. Hey, sweetheart. How are you doing? Not bad. How about you? I'm doing great. You want to introduce yourself to everybody? Uh, Yes. My name is Melvin. Um, My, My secret crush. I have such a secret crush on this guy, you guys, just so you don't know. But don't tell him because, you know, yeah. it's good to hear from you, Melvin. I'm here tonight with Eric Devon. Eric's hanging out with me. Do you know how you guys connected or do you guys know each other? No, we don't. Hi, I don't believe so. How you doing, Melvin? I got a secret right. to tell you, but I won't tell you on the air. I mean, okay. I won't tell you at all. Never mind. That's funny. You have to tell who. I want to know now. Secrets don't make friends. <laughs> yeah, I want to know who. Uh, I hear you have a secret crush. That's all. I'm just going to leave uh, it at that. I hear you have a secret crush, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. I'm going to send you, uh, Eric, I'm going to send you Melvin's link, too, so you can, if you're not on his friends list, I think cool. you would enjoy his work well as well. Okay, go ahead, Melvin. I'm sorry, honey. I'm just pimping you out. All right, I'm going to do uh, uh, one. I've done it before, but it's been a while. It's uh, from my book, uh, Tears from the Hood. It's mm-hmm. called Wings. 
I think I'm going to pack my things, close my eyes, and spread my wings and fly away from this here place. My old master, he ain't right. He took my wife the other night, sold my children out for spite. Look at me. Look at me right in the face. I done give him all I've got. Does he care? I reckon not. But he going to miss me when I part. All my life I've been a slave. He whooped my pappy to his grave, treating us like, like some old name. Oh, master, ain't got no heart. Lord, seems I've seen a million years. Seems I've shared a trillion tears. That ain't no way to be. All day long I was the field. Planting seed on land been tilled. Picking cotton from the yield and, and praying. Praying someday, someday I'll be free. I was tired of sleeping in this old bed. Tired of sleeping in this old shed. Chicken feathers for my bed. Us, us all crouched into one room. My old master, he just bowed. He smelled like something from the bow. Squint his eyes and, and make a scowl. Look like the face of gloom. Lord, I just can't take no more. I'm going to pack my things and go. All my life for this I planned. Oh, master, he's going to try to hunt me down. And if I find that I am found, when they when they lays my body in that ground, I'll be with you in the promised land. See, my pappy, my pappy, he told me about your place. Over there, over there on the other side of grace. Said everybody there got wings. Ain't no master with no whip. Ain't no cotton balls to snip. Just joyous folks with whom to quip. And gospel. And gospel. And gospels are they things. In Paul. Wow. You know. Yes. <laughs> Eric, you want to comment first, honey? I, I don't. Please go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, reading that piece. And and knowing what bridled bridled truth, because things could have got much more graphic than you did in that piece, mm-hmm. you know. But you you painted just enough of the picture to make it hit emotionally really hard. But it is is to me unbelievable the great evil that man is capable of when they are given absolute power. Over another human being. Yeah. That 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 True. power should never exist. No one should ever have that kind of power. And there's so much more to that story. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the yeah. way that you wrote that really leaves that flavor behind. Leaves that that knowledge behind that there is so much more to that story the emotional impact of that there is more so much more that you didn't say you know what what you said left the importance of what you didn't say i guess lingering and uh-huh. i thought it was amazing i thought it was absolutely incredible thank you and that 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 takes skill there's absolute skill to the craft of telling a story without being so direct and so graphic that it just beats someone over the head 
with the with the brutal facts of it. There's a, using just mm-hmm. enough subtlety to keep it artistic. Mm-hmm. That that takes real skill. Appreciate to keep you. someone listening. Appreciate to keep it. someone listening and not Absolutely. shutting it out. Absolutely. It, while still telling the truth and maintaining the integrity of the story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. No, that's why I sent you Melvin's link again. I think, Eric, you're really going to enjoy getting to know him. He actually sent me his book, which I'm really happy. It's like one of my prized treasures <laughs> and his CD, and I've just really enjoyed reading him. Um, but I think that you're going to enjoy, I think you're enjoy getting to know Melvin as well. He's amazing. He's he's one of my jewels. One of my jewels in my life. One of the gifts I've found. Thank you. Actually, I, yeah, I'm looking at the link now. Oh, sorry, yep. Melvin, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Do you want to tell everyone how they can find you? Since I don't, I'm not mailing everybody your link. Because you know, I don't know who else out there in listening land. So they have they have to get it on their own. <laughs> Please tell them how to find you, love. Hey, you can find me on Facebook under under Melvin D. Johnson, and also on YouTube uh, under Melvin D. Johnson. Um, Very cool. All right, I am so glad you were able to get in tonight. Love you so dearly, and we will talk to you next too. week. I'm gonna try to make it. Awesome. Thank you, sweetheart. Okay. All right. So, Eric, true the poet, Mr. Devon. (laughs) I have really, really enjoyed having you hang out with me tonight. Do you want to do me a favor and close the show with another piece of yours? Okay. I could do that. This is an older piece. When I was writing happy poems, how about that? (laughs) Okay. Called Making... It's called Making Moments, and it's in my collection called The Beauty of Dragons. Oh, I now like available it. Now on Amazon. <laughs> Thank you. Sneak up on me when I'm cooking you dinner, just to wrap your arms around my waist. Snuggle up against me when I'm watching a game. I'll, dra- I'll drape my arm over you and appreciate that you still want to be close. Watch me shave from the doorway. Call me on your way home from work. Tell me what you dreamed of last night. I'll smile and listen because I love learning more about you each day. Nuzzle against my cheek when you're feeling good. Draw your fingers against across my chest. Play with the curls on my stomach. I'll shower you in affection and make sure that you're content. But don't be surprised if you're standing around and I just appear over your shoulder, breathing whispers into your neck simply because I feel like hearing your giggle. Or if you step out of the shower and I'm holding open a warm towel, smiling because I can't help it, head to toe, you are absolutely amazing. You capture my imaginations and release them to run wild over prairies and plains, mountains and valleys, soaring across rivers, seeking out your equal. Nothing compares. I live for those moments when you sing for no reason. And you can tell because you'll turn around and see me sitting, just listening. I live for those moments when you see me reading and lay on me for a nap 
just because you look forward to waking up next to me. I live for those moments when we catch each other's eye and smile because we don't look away. We love what we see. Even the simple things, holding hands in public, a kiss before work, a much-needed hug after the long day, getting each other's way while dressing to go out, telling you how beautiful you are first thing in the morning before you've done your hair or brushed your teeth, living for these moments. Can you imagine how much we must love each other? In peace. That is absolutely beautiful. You know, that you talk, it's a very healthy relationship what you're talking about. You know, the way you describe both people, the things both people do, want, give. You know, when you, when you are, uh, when you're in orbit around each other, I guess. You know, most, to- right. most of the times, you know, one person takes and takes and takes and the other one gets empty. You know, but right. when both people, you know, and, and then and one person ends up being in the center, the other person orbits around them until they're nothing but a dead planet, you know, empty. And, you know, it, it's just bad. But when both of you orbit around each other, when both of you, right. you know, you wake up in the morning and, you know, the most, the most important thing in the world is the expression on the other person's face. Then, right. you know, that's that's when the magic happens. That's when the magic happens in the world. Right. This is when I still believed in reciprocity, young and idealistic. <laughs> but, yeah, I do believe that reciprocity, reciprocity still exists. So somebody loves like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, there is, I can't remember the name of it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but you're talking about uh, writing about things that have to do with space and stars and the galaxy and all that stuff, right? Right. Yeah. So, excuse me, we're at the end of the show. I can take a drink of water. Y'all heard that. I don't care. <laughs> um, there, my favorite star is, is Cirrus, S I. R-I-U-S. It's also called the dog star, and it's the brightest star in the sky. And if you look up the sky, I know you're going to know immediately the one that I talk about, but it's the one that glitters red, white, and blue. When you look at it, it actually looks like it changes colors. It goes from, I mean, you can actually see it turn blue, turn white, sometimes turn red, and it's gorgeous. It's a beautiful star. But I want you to look that up. I'm going to copy and paste that, a link to that right now. Because I have your page open still, I think. If I don't, I'm in trouble. Um, oh, yeah, there you are. I'm going to copy and paste <laughs> a link that to that. Yeah, yeah, if you look for it, you'll see it. You'll, know exa- you'll, you'll recognize it immediately. And it's my absolute favorite star um, because it's magic. It, really, it actually changes colors. And if you go out and look in the sky, you'll find it. You'll see it. You can't miss it. Because it, it literally is different colors. All right. So there's that one. And then I can't remember the name of the star. And I should because I used it in a play that I wrote. I did a, a narrative play about a – it's kind of like a uh, – um, oh, like the old gods. What are they? Fables, whatever. Um, not a fable. 
but it was, it was like a conversation between these stars. I'm going to have to find it for you. But it's, it's a star that they thought was like, the, and I thought it was Sirius, but I don't think it is. It's a different one. I can't remember the name. But Sirius is one of the stars in uh, Sirius is one of the stars in my in my play. But it's too. They think it's it's bright and it jumps around and everything like that. But it's because it's actually two stars that are so close to each other that they've created an orbit around each other. So it looks like one big bright star, but it's actually two stars that orbit each other. So if you Google that, um, two two stars, two orbiting stars or orbiting stars or something like that, you'll find it. And I think that, that both right. of these things might be inspiring. I think they're pretty phenomenal, but they might be inspiring enough to you to promote or prompt one of your astronomy poems to go in your book. That's fascinating. Now, um, is it Albirio? How do you say that? Albirio? One of the best-known double stars in Earth's sky. That's not it. It's one that is in um, close proximity to Sirius because when I wrote the play, it's a conversation. It's a conversation between uh, three stars. Beatrice is one of them. Sirius is the other. Uh, Rigel, Rigel was one of them. But it's it's talking about there's a two people who the gods got pissed off at. He was one of the gods was in love with this girl, but she liked this human. And, and so he got pissed off and he turned them both into a star, but he turned her into a shooting star and turned him into a comet. So one moves so fast, it can never stop. And oh, one wow. moves so slow, he could never catch up. But every once in a while, the two will come within sight of each other. And if they can do that, then, and, and the God doesn't catch them then they get to go back down on earth and meet again in human form and get a life together. But usually that doesn't happen because the God catches them and changes it and, right. and, and shoots them away. But so this is a conversation between um, the moon and the sun, the moon and not the moon, the moon and Polaris, which is a star. Wow. And then these little baby stars, these young stars and, you know, talking right. about what's happening and what's going on. And so it's really cool. And the link that I just sent what's, you what's on. What's the name of that? Oh, you just sent it to me. I just sent you a link to the Cirrus. And if you look at the little map on there, the reason I picked those stars is because if you look at the map on that page, you can actually see that there's um, Rigel, Rigel, Rigel. I don't know how to say that. Right. You guys read it. I don't have to know how to say Rigel. it. It's, read, it's writing. Yeah, <laughs> Rigel. And Cirrus, they're both real close together. And um, then Beetle, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. So those are the three stars that the conversation has. And I had to pick those because they're so close together. But there's another one that's close together that's a twin star to those three. But those three are the main ones in the conversation. I see. Yeah. Now, where can I read this conversation that you're telling me about? It's a play that I wrote. It's not out there anywhere. It's just a play that I wrote because I was having fun with it. I would have to find it. <laughs> Is it just sitting on a shelf? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like, it's like a mythology type. It's a mythology type story. Right. Yeah, it's, I I wrote it. You know, it it would be really good for one of these little. You know, they, they do the local play things where they do like the Sundance Film Festival. It's short. It's not real long yet. It's right. not definitely not finished, but it's funny as hell. Okay. It's absolutely hysterical. 
um, these, huh. these conversations between these three little stars and the moon patiently trying to explain things. And, you know, yeah, it's pretty Sounds funny. like a lot of fun. It was. It was. But so, yeah, it got me excited when you tell me you were doing this. Like, I have to tell me. And then talking about the orbiting each other and orbiting, of course, orbiting. Oh, but yeah, the stars orbit. So that's where that this whole train of thought came from. But, I, you know, I hope there's something and you find something in there because these are to me that's, you know, that star is pretty amazing. And I, and I hope you find it when you look up there and see it because you will love it. You will fall in love with that star. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sure I've seen it because I love stargazing. One it glitters. It absolutely glitters colors. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of hard to tell from all the uh, whirly birds we have out here. In the yeah, if you live somebody where, where, <laughs> somewhere where there's a lot of, of ambient light, then it's kind of, you know, take a drive sometime. Take a drive yeah. as far out into the darkness as you can go. Uh, sounds like there's a poem in that. <laughs> Good. Good, go find it. You sound like a poet. All right, sweetheart. <laughs> you sound like a poet. <laughs> a what? Hey, I've appreciated it. I said, you sound like a poet. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate you asking, having me hang out with you. This has been a lot of fun. It has been. I, I, Yeah, it's been great fun. So, you know, come hang out again sometime. Love to have you back to hang out on the hangout part and to read. And uh, I just appreciate you being here tonight. It's been fun. So thank you. Tell everyone again Very how cool. they can find you, Eric. I'm out there somewhere. Just look at the stars. No, um, through <laughs> the poetic, <laughs> through the poetic Facebook, Instagram, um, and if you're looking to get someone to edit a book or something or a format style, uh, through the poetic at gmail dot com. Yeah. Do you know what's really funny? The book that I'm working on right now. Do you know what it's called? The book that I'm personally working on, Devouring Stars. That's the title. Oh, wow. Devouring no, Stars. I'm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome? a great title. It is. I, love it. I like it. I like it. It's it's a, actually a poem that I sat and wrote one night when I was sitting out looking at the stars. And it's 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 the one that is going to if I you know, when I die and have a gravestone, it's gonna be epitaph. It's gonna be my epitaph, that poem. I'll have to share it with you sometime. Nice. I'll copy and paste it to you. All right, sweetie, we'll talk to you next week. If you can get by, we'd love to have you back on and just appreciate you. Thank you, sweetie. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Good night, hon. All right, everyone, you've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It has been really, really, really a fun evening tonight. You know, just absolutely the perfect show to end this week on for me. And I appreciate you all being here, both listeners and callers alike, readers. Just appreciate you guys so much. And uh, just proud to be a part of this community with you. I'm going to end the episode with a piece by Andrea Gibbs. Did I already play that one? I think maybe I already played that one. Let's do this one. Emily Eastman. We started where I played that one in the beginning. We're going to end the show with Emily Eastman with a piece called Whisper, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Sometimes when Mark isn't home, I drink coffee out of his special Batman mug. Sometimes when he notices that it's moved in the drying rack, I wait until his back is turned and mouth, I am the knight to the cat. 
sometimes I have secrets that aren't cute or sexy. Sometimes I have complete conversations with people in my head before I even say hello to them. Sometimes I exist outside the male gaze. Sometimes I feel like breathing is a hilariously and fantastically difficult way to stay alive. Sometimes I smoke cigarettes because I'm painfully aware of how fragile I am. Sometimes I have independent thoughts that pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> it's, it's not that I'm talking to myself. It's just that sometimes when I and me think, it isn't about a man. Sometimes I feel like I'm a vibrating collective of energy and sunflowers and slaughtered calves and past lives and probably the first spark ever. And if I don't smile just right at the party, then all of these things will burst out of the human illusion that I've created and everyone will be so surprised. Here's a joke. That should make me feel more connected. But actually, it doesn't. <laughs> Funny, right? Sometimes I feel like the world is shh, and I am only ever this loud. Like I can raise my voice as much as I want, but everyone is too busy at the party. Or in the world, I have nightmares sometimes about trying to scream and only empty breath comes out. Have you ever seen the look on a baby's face when they fall down for the first time? how the whole time they're traveling through the air. They're wearing this whimsical little half-smile, like, what magical new thing is this? I wonder what will happen. Then, that moment when they hit the ground, their eyes round orbs of disbelief, trying to puzzle it out, like, who knew that the world could be filled with this special torture? Is this pain? Is this what the world is? And it's then, as their mouths open in a silent, fleshy olive shock for the first vicious howl that I wake up. Sometimes I sit and count to five and wonder how many black and brown and queer and poor and different kids have died in those five moments or ever. How many more will die in the next five? And I want to wake up. I wonder about their mouths, if they were howling or silent, how violence is both. A gagging hand clawing its way up my throat. I want to be filled with disbelief instead of this slow, oily dread. I want my eyes to be big and round. I want reality to shake instead of just me. I want alabaster tombs to crack open, monuments to topple, for us to crawl out, to live welcome inside our bodies. And that's when I remember why I'm breathing that we have so many parts and they are all resurrections fighting that sometimes when we open our mouths, every voice is screaming. Oh.